do you ever associate a movie with a color like when or, or a book with a color not just based on what color like the cover is like when i hear the movie or no 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 let me back up a song do you ever associate a song with a color i can't say that i have so for example i can't think of one uh my wedding song was i'll be by Ed, edwin somebody but you know i'll be your and i whenever i oh, hear okay. that song the color green just comes in my head random well, so was there green associated with your wedding no but one of the lines is emeralds from mountains and whenever i hear hmm. emerald i think green because emeralds are green right like when i hear that's a fair yeah thing like when i hear lose yourself by eminem i think gray i don't even know why but gray because hmm. it just seems like a gray song when i hear i don't know give me a song and i'll tell you just just name a song uh all-star red like i i think of red <laughs> i don't know because all-star like red is the color of a lot of sports teams so i associate sports with all-star all-star by smash mouth red i don't huh. know it, it's weird it's weird am i weird i'm trying to think of something that isn't um related to the album cover I don't, well, these aren't even like, related to the album cover. Like, when you think Purple Haze, first thing that comes to your mind. We'll say it at the same time. One, oh, two, pur- three. Green. Purple. Oh, yeah, purple. <laughs> <laughs> Are you recording? Are you can recording? Can you hear me? I'm recording. I can hear you. Okay. Um, <laughs> we got... We got... We got cornucopias. Children death matches. Poor people, real life implications, all of this and more on Hmm. this edition of Sequel Men, the podcast. Coming at you, not live from District 12. Two men talk about the films you care about. Or don't. It's a Sequel Men podcast and it starts right now. To play a sin. What does that mean, to play a sin? It, it, you... You mean, I'll, I, you know what, I'll write it and we'll we'll do it live. Not really, as Joel just said. Welcome everybody to another new episode of Sequel Men, the podcast. Um, you're here with me, Christian Ringadall, and my co-host here. What's your name? Spencer, hi, how are you? Good? Good, 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 good. That's funny. He scripts that down every single time. It's not scripted, it's he, just my thing right, I, I say. <laughs> I know, I know. It's just what I say. I know. I know. Yeah, you say your thing, and I say my thing. But like you said, we're the sequel men of the podcast, and what we do is talk about film franchises. And we go kind of scene by scene and give some analysis and funnies, and um, we we just we bro, you French. We just, <laughs> yeah, we just talk about it. Oui, oui. And at the end of every franchise, we do a wrap up episode and do the Finn score, which is the final important necessary score. We'll talk about that when we get to it. You don't need to worry about it right now. And in this wrap up episode, in five episodes from now, we're going to have another special guest that is a big Four episodes. Uh, well. Yeah, I guess so. Yeah, the fifth episode. Matter. No, 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 no. It's the fifth episode in a new line of franchises. 
So that episode wouldn't be in the original line of franchises, therefore wouldn't be the fourth film. <laughs> that was an amazing link <laughs> back to Austin Powers. And also, by the way, check out, I just posted it, check out our Austin Powers recap wrap if you haven't done so on our Facebook page. We yeah, just posted baby. that standalone video, and I'll tell you, animating, figuring out how to animate those stupid red headphones. <laughs> was quite the hassle. Wasn't easy. <laughs> well, yeah. once you know what to do, it's, it's not hard. Of course. I mean, what you do, you do, and you know, and you do, and you know. Um, I feel like uh, it wouldn't be right, and I know when this comes out, it will be a couple weeks after, but I feel, and I you might be knowing where I'm going with this, but I just feel like it's our duty as... To speak. Yes. We're using our our platform for even if it's not a lot of people, it's people. It's it's some people to just say that we fully support all the the protests going on, the Black Lives Matter. And can I just say something? I'm gonna give a yes. little testimony here real quick. I was an all lives matter, a hundred percent. I was just I was like, yeah, I was one of those people that was like, yeah, all lives matter. And I had no idea why that was wrong. Because I'm like, I'm, yeah, black lives matter, but all lives matter. It's not just black lives. I was completely missing the point. I was one of those people. And I'm telling you this to show you that growth can happen when you're willing to let it. I couldn't be further from that. Because, yes, obviously, every life matters. We Obviously. But I'm going to use this analogy. But I think I know where you're going with this, yes. and I think I agree with you completely. Because I'm a man of faith, as I've said before, but I, I, don't, I couldn't in good conscience call myself that if I didn't believe the Black Lives Matter movement. And this example is a big—I I hope more people of faith can, can see yes. it this way, because a lot of them are the All Lives Matter people, because they're like, Jesus right. loves all lives. Yes, he does. But— and I, I don't know I've, I don't yeah. know the book or the chapter in the Bible, but I know it's in a bunch of songs. There's a story where Jesus it 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 and again I might even be getting the details wrong, but the whole the point is there's a hundred sheep. It's not even Jesus, it's a shepherd. There's a hundred sheep, and one of the sheep goes missing. And the shepherd, because every sheep mattered to him left the 99 other sheep where they were and they were safe and he went to get the one sheep that was in danger and that is the essence of black lives matter too because yeah all those other sheep they matter but they're not the ones yeah, in absolutely. danger so what are you going to do you're going to you're going to go get because every life matters you're going to go get the one sheep who is in danger and in this absolutely in this there, situation that's the life that matters then at that moment yes yes and that's jesus also would do that for people if there was a hundred people like his big thing is he leaves the 99 mm -hmm. because right now we as white people we're the 99 we're fine right. like i do not feel scared to walk out of my house or to interact with a cop i just don't mm -hmm. so my life yeah. right now it matters and, but it's not in danger you don't have to be taught like what to do in case you have an encounter with the police or have to worry about what's going to happen to your child when they go outside alone. 
Exactly. Like me and you don't have to worry about that. And I don't mean to say, I don't mean to make it about me and you because it's not. Right. That's, that's what this all lives matter thing does. It's selfish. The focus should be on black lives matter because they're the ones that are going through all this stuff and they've been going through it for hundreds of years, hundreds of years. And another thing, when you say all lives matter, you make it all about you. Yes. You're like, well, what about my life? Well, you're not the one being choked to death uh, in next to the sidewalk by a corrupt police officer. So Right. And then you get these people, and these are the work. I was, again, one of these people, and you can change, and now I'm fully, like, I look back on that, and I learn from it. It's good that mm-hmm. I thought that. It's not good, but it's good that I had room to grow, and I realized, and that I can reflect on that now. Because I'm like, well, white people get killed by kids. Yeah, but they do, they don't get killed because of the color of their skin. Yes. Or implicit bias. Right. There is black on black crime and there's black on white crime. But those are not because of the color of their skin. Black Lives Matter is because these these, these people in these black communities are dying because of their skin color. And that's not right. And that's no. why Black Lives Matter. And and I know this isn't the show that you signed up for to hear us just talk about this. Everybody's talking about it. Well, it's but we, it's relevant. It is relevant. Even with this film. I was going to segue, also, yeah. Me and you, we didn't plan for this. No. I watched this three weeks ago now. And it took notes this, three you, weeks ago. We were ago. talking about doing this when we were doing uh, Spider-Man. Yeah. And it just, I think it's... The timing, everything happens for a reason, and I think the reason that we have been delaying, unintentionally, but I think the higher powers, maybe, and maybe you're going to think I'm a wacko. Not you, Christian, but other people. Other people listening. I'm a person of faith as well. Right. But other people that... I don't don't mean to say that to be like, to pound my chest. No, no, no. No, no, no. I know. But I'm saying this may have been, hey... This is why we waited. We didn't mm. know that this well, would have higher implications and relate to this, the world right now as much as it does. Well, this can allow us to also dive into a subject matter that's going on in the real world and relate it to this movie um, or this series in a way because if even when when you broaden the scope of the Black Lives Black Black Lives Matter protests, um, we're dealing with a lot of systemic um, issues with our country, our leadership, our society, our culture. And with the recent events that happened, what happened with George Floyd, we, this, it's all coming to a head. Yes. And it's been rising for decades. Yes. And I think I'm optimistic it sucks. It and really I know we sucks can't speak that, to firsthand experience. Oh, no, that's another thing. You know. We'll never understand. But what no. we can do is listen and stand with those people. Mm-hmm. That's what we can mm-hmm. do. We can acknowledge that you're right. I'll never understand. But that doesn't mean that we can't be an ally and help. Empathize. Right. Because if it's I It's called was, empathy. Yes, pass it on. Because if I was in trouble... I would hope... Empathy with action. Yes. I would hope... Okay, let's say I just lost a leg. I would hope somebody walking by is like, well, 
I'm not going to help him because I've never lost a leg. No, no, you don't know the situation I'm in. It's about looking outside of yourself in your own bubble and putting yourself, you know, the old saying, in someone else's shoes and realizing like, huh, let me try and put my, my perspective in them, in their perspective and see if I can... Uh, I I worded mine wrong too, so there you go. Well, there we go. But you know what you know what our what we're saying. Yeah. You got to put your you know, like it just because it's not happening to you doesn't mean that it's not a big deal, or that it's it's not something that shouldn't be addressed. Right. You know, yes. it, it's something that affects all of us. It should affect all of us, and it makes me think of these countries where I was just talking to my roommate about all this stuff the past couple of days. We have countries like uh, Norway and Scandinavia, Scandinavian countries and New Zealand, they have solidarity. Yeah. They have a society that is solid. They, they uh, cooperate with each other and do what needs to be done. You know, what you saw with New Zealand with the COVID response, they have yeah. like zero new cases. Yeah. Um, well, that also a, is because they probably have competent leaders. But <laughs> Yeah. Well, that's where I'm going. You have these societies that are based on community and resilience. Like what affects you affects me. Mm -hmm. But here we call that socialism here, and we can't have that because. Here we're too, we're too individualistic. Oh, yeah. Like we care about ourselves and the people around us. I don't, I'm sorry if I'm getting a little preachy. In this country, we have more of a focus on individualism and our individual freedoms and whatnot. Like and that Second Amendment. Yeah. we. Well, that's the thing. We got leadership, incompetent leadership. I'm sorry if you disagree with that. That's my opinion. You don't have to agree with me. I do, though. But for the listeners, we yes. We can agree to disagree. Yes. That's what I meant. Yep. But incompetent leadership, we've got insane division being being sowed on places like Fox News and even MSNBC. One's one's right, one's left, and they clash. And the media conglomerates are the ones who control the messaging and shape public discourse. And that's why we partially have such a polarized society. We're so divided on everything because one people gets one source one one set of people gets their information from places like Fox News and concert a right wing outlets online. Another per, another group gets their information from left, you know, left wing sources, and they clash. But yeah, and it it obviously it's, it's very difficult to co to coalesce as a nation when you've got division being sown by the people at the top and by the people in control of information. Yeah, but a, a big parallel to this movie that the first time I watched it, whenever however long ago it was. It was more than four years ago. I'm like, wow, wouldn't that be terrible if we had a President Snow? And then we kind of did. And now I'm watching mm. this through a different lens. Like, this movie oh, we got is an extreme... Agent Orange. Yeah. Orange instead of white, but super white uh, to, to a fault. <laughs> uh, oh. If you know oh, where yeah. I'm going there. But... Like, I'm guilty of sometimes having different feelings about people 
because of how they might look. I'm guilty of that, and I can admit that, and I am working on that. Like, what? that doesn't make me... It makes me aware that I need to change. Well, I, it's good that you're cha- that you've changed and that you've switched perspectives. Yeah, I'm so glad I'm on the right matter side. Black Lives Matter. Because I just I didn't get it at all. But when and I was a lot willing of people to listen, in this country still don't get it, and they never will. And that's why it's on you know family members and friends to hey, your viewpoint is flawed, and I'm going to explain it to you why that is yeah. you need to understand you need to put yourself in someone else's perspective yes and, and not just you know i wish it hadn't happened like i said how it did to oh. bring the world literally the world together kind of in these protests it's amazing what's uh, it, happening it's just the blatantness of it yes like this was like the straw that hopefully broke the camel's back enough to want us to I hope so. come November. I mean, it it to should have never stuff. led to to this. No, it should have never led to someone losing their life, or even not even just George Floyd, but um, Breonna Taylor. Yep. And Ahmed Arbery. Yep. So just just really, I I challenge everybody to think outside of yourself, see past the. Well, it's not the right time or place to protest. First of all, it fucking is. Okay, protests aren't supposed to be convenient. If you want that, you'd never get one. And well, if we don't keep protesting, nothing's going to happen. Right. That's just the fact. I right. mean, you can protest for uh, a weekend or two weeks, and it'll blow over, and then Trump will say something stupid and run, do something stupid and run, and then the news cycle will be focused mm-hmm. on something else if people don't keep it on. And just to show that I'm not just some, like, fully left against anything, right? Do I think that the protests where people, these white people, were going out fully armed, storming, not really storming, but storming the Capitol building because they want a haircut? Do I think that's really dumb and do I disagree with them? Absolutely. But they have that right to do that. It was their right to do so. And in their defense, there were no... I don't think that any violence came out of it. I mean, it's amazing. You have all these protesters now who, to my knowledge, aren't carrying around guns and weapons slung over their backs, bazookas and... Literal missile launchers? Yeah. Like, But again, oh, I mean, man. the Second Amendment is a right, so I'm not saying they're wrong for doing that. I think their intentions weren't great, but I can't argue that they have the right to do that. Right. Just like we have the right to peaceful protest and the riots. Yeah, that's not good. But I understand why they're happening. And here's the thing that people, I wish well, would switch the, uh, around, is when people are like, listen, I'm all for a peaceful protest. Yes, Black Lives Matter, but they shouldn't be rioting. It's like, no, no, no. Switch that around. It sucks that there's rioting. I don't like them destroying like my city, Grand Rapids, but... It could have been avoided if we had listened and been a better country. See, that's getting the priorities in the right order. Putting the butt yeah, in the right place. Not, I don't like it them destroying my city, but you know, we don't like it when authorities destroy people's lives. Right. And putting the butt after uh, I totally yeah, and peaceful I, protest. That neg- when you say butt, they shouldn't riot. 
that negates kind of the, your support. Thing, yeah. And that doesn't I mean don't, me. I don't support riots and destruction. I don't. The anger is justified. The anger yes. is absolutely justified. And the a rioting, lot of cases, the riots didn't even start until a police officer made the first move. There's video evidence of it. I'm not making that up. Or when people come in and yes. instigate and stew up trouble. Yes, they purposefully. use this as a, a platform to just be like, all right, I'm going to go destroy some but shit. But you know what? I can be proud to say that, you know, my community in here in Muskegon, um, they led a very peaceful oh, yeah. and successful um, protest this past week. This is a and true the, test. And the police actually joined them. Look at Flint setting the bar. The only reason we're here is to make sure that you got a voice. That's it. There we go. Don't think for a second. Don't think for a second that he represents who these cops are from all over the county and around this nation. We go out there to help people, not do that nonsense. There we go. I just want to tell you, where's, where's my man? Right there. Where's the Where's the gentleman? Oh, I think he took off. Okay. Yeah, my man. He took off. Pastor Hawkins, see, I'm just going to tell you, we want to be with y'all for real. So I took my helmet off and laid the batons down. I want to make this a parade, not a protest. So listen, I'm just telling you, these cops love you. That cop over here hugs people. So you tell us what you need to do. And that's how you do it. That's how you stop. Well, also writing. have it. Not just don't have it begin and end with walking with us, but have some tangible yes. policy changes. Like, for instance, not having your own police department investigate one of its own officers. I think that's ass backwards. Yeah, ass backwards. It's uh, I mean, the conflict of interest there is ridiculous, and I, I, you know, it's just to say, oh, the officer's under investigation. Yeah, okay, yeah. well. There's bias there, and then all of a, uh, he just ends up working at a desk or being suspended. No, they should lose their jobs and be prosecuted. Yep, and it was upgraded With, to second degree yeah. murder, so that's a plus. That's a win. But I think, unless you have something else to add, I think we can move into the movie now that we're a half no. hour in. I mean, some things might come up later on in the yeah. show. But we, we just won't go but, as deep into right. it. Because we've said everything. This movie, just a blanket statement. This movie has a lot of stuff that pertains to nowadays. It has oppression in a different way. But it's 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 still oppression to certain lower yes. people. Fascism. And a higher, yeah, a privileged leader that doesn't see anything wrong with his actions. So... Hunger Games. Society, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Hunger Games. Finally, we got Hunger Games. Directed Hunger Games. by... Gary Ross. Gary Ross. And I am not familiar with that name other than this movie. Me neither. I don't know if he directed the other but ones, but... I will say, just to pregame a little bit All right. for this movie, um, what was it... What was the first time you ever saw this movie? I never read the book before seeing oh, the movie. I never read honest. the books ever, even after seeing the I movie. Started, I started reading the first one while we were still at Grand Valley, even. Oh, nice. I, w I was sitting outside of the... Oh, this isn't when I started reading it, but 
neither here nor there. I remember sitting outside of the main, uh, the main office student services building, I believe. Not Kirkhoff. Well, people have no idea what Kirkhoff fountain? is. It's a building uh, at Grand Valley big, State University. The big fountain. The building next to the big fountain. Yeah, it's the student service, but it actually has a different name now. It's the student okay. center. Okay. It's like the, the student Lubbers center, student Where you go center. to, yeah, for student aid and stuff like that, whatever. Yeah. But I, I remember sitting on the bench waiting for class or something. I was just reading The Hunger Games because I was like, oh, the movie was really good. You know what? I'm going to read the book. Yeah. And that is the last time I remember reading that book. <laughs> and that was probably six or seven years ago. So yeah, I'm going to restart eventually, but. Yep. The first time, my first Hunger Games experience, what my, she's now, ooh, she's 21 now, my niece, but mm. this was when I was, what's this, 2012? Yeah, I was in college, but I watched Hunger Games, the first one, because Catching Fire was coming out, and my mm. niece and her, that's fiance now, but her boyfriend at the time, and my other nephews were kind of into it, because they were teens, this is a teen thing. They wanted uh-huh. to go see Catching Fire, and I was like, "Oh, if I like, I'll go. Yeah, I'll take you." And it was like we bonded over it or whatever. But I was like, "I gotta watch the first one first, or else I'm not gonna be." And I watched the first one, and I was one of those people. This was like a twilight for me. I'm like, "Oh, these it's a teen novel. It's, I'm gonna yeah, hate it." Yeah, it's a teen novel it, ad- adaptation. And yeah. I was like, "Okay, let's go see Catching Fire. I'm in. This is I'm in. This movie was great." I love this. I'm never even going to read the book. I love the movie. Take me to Catching Fire. And we'll talk about Catching Fire next, but when I saw mm-hmm. that movie in theaters, it blew my mind. It was amazing. Oh, I, I really enjoyed it, too. And we'll talk more about it. But I really enjoyed The Hunger Games. Oh, yeah. I mean, there are some parts, I mean, I'll admit, drag on a little bit. Like, okay, let's let's get moving here. But it That was one of the criticisms I read of the movie. Yeah. Is that it was too long. Yeah, it was a but little bit. I remember when I saw I went I'd never read the books and I was like, Okay, it's an interesting idea. I don't know. I went and saw it, really enjoyed it, and then as we were walking out to the car, we went to the cinema carousel here in Muskegon. Uh good times. Remember when we could go to the theater? Oh yeah. Um That was really cool. <laughs> Many it's coming back. Ago, it's coming back. I was at the time I was more excited for John Carter, ah. which is awesome movie by the way. You should see it if you haven't seen it. Watch it. It's on Disney Plus. Amazing movie. We're never going to get a sequel of it though, probably with the same actors because of what happened with it. But um, Hunger Games. I remember walking to the car. And I was like, wouldn't it be cool if we had a video game where? You're just put on this big map and people are dropped into a dropped into an arena of sorts and then you can run off and hide or do anything and and yeah. that was uh I was before the times where you were way now we ahead. have Fortnite and Call of Duty Warzone and Apex Legends and, and uh, Battlefield Five. There's PUBG. so many. And dude, yeah. they even shrink the map in these movies. In, in this they series. do with the <laughs> kind Fortnite. Of the same way. This is Fortnite the movie before Fortnite. <laughs> these Fortnite video the game movie. developers were like, "Hey, how can we?" Yo, have you guys ever seen the Hunger Games? Yeah, you know what, Jerry? That's a good fucking idea. We're what? gonna call it something different, though. We're gonna call it. What do you? You build forts. Do you play at night? No, not always. Let's call it Fortnite, but night is N I T E. <laughs> I don't know. Make it different. Hey, well, Hunger that's Games actual... walked so Fortnite could run, could floss. 
Oh no! Oh, oh baby, you like that? Good one. Good one. Good one. I'm okay. funny, dude. Like I'm, we're funny. You're so funny, man. Man, funny. what are you doing here? Why aren't you up on stage? I don't know, cause it's locked down. But you, I would. Can I sidebar? Speaking of funny, first sidebar. I was listening to our Spider-Man wrap-up episode <laughs> at the time of recording. I don't remember it being that funny, but dude, you were hilarious. Like, that what? was a hilarious episode. There were several times where I rewound, because I can't remember what it was you said. It was the something. Spider-Man one? Yeah, the wrap-up episode, the most recent one. And you had some hilarious stuff. Well. I I was good stuff. You. I wish I could remember it. <laughs> I guess. But I rewound it. I'll listen to it again. So funny, you can't remember I it. I know. <laughs> but uh, Hunger Games, my niece and... Nephew's yeah. got me into this, so thanks. I have a couple fun little facts here if you want to yeah, hear Yeah, go into it, and then we'll get into our act. There's two that I think are noteworthy. One is just kind of silly, and it's really quick. But Jennifer Lawrence was paid for her at the time was a high fee of $500,000, okay? Oh, okay. It took her three days before she accepted the role because she was unsure how the role would clearly affect her career. Spoiler alert. Well, it worked out pretty well for her. But since her yeah. background was largely on like the indie film circuit. So for Hunger Games Catching Fire, she was paid $10 million. So I'd say it worked out. Holy yeah, smokes. 20 times what she got paid for this one. So I think it worked Ooh. out. I think it worked out. Well, you think about, I wonder how much RDJ was paid for Iron Man 1. Oh, yeah. And compared to Endgame and... yeah. Holy moly. Yeah. It's one of those that I think she was kind of a name before this. I mean, she was. Not really. But this catapulted her. This was her. Well, after this, I guess you could say she was catching fire <laughs> in Hollywood. <laughs> there are those. Who, no, I don't have one for That's good. And then my other little fun thing I thought was funny was um, there was a swear jar on set. And co-writer and director Gary Ross said that half of it was contributed by Jennifer Lawrence. So I thought that was kind of funny. Well, if only Joe Pesci was in the movie. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, man. Movies That's That funny. Made Us. Watch it. What? On Netflix. Movies That Made Us. Watch it. There's a um, Home Alone Oh, episode. yeah, yeah, yeah. I have, I have to watch that. That little documentary series thing. But, all right. You got any more? There's that, no, just that the, it. Well, I, well yeah, since you asked, Jennifer Lawrence accidentally kicked Josh uh, Hutcherson in the head on set during something, and he got a concussion from it. So oh, that's, that's like me. A... What happened between me and my sister? Remember with that? Mm -hmm. <laughs> but she didn't get a concussion. But no, I just lost a couple teeth. So what are your fun facts? <laughs> All right, I, I, I'm going to focus on the score because this is something I just re heard about recently while doing the Spider-Man stuff. Danny Elfman he did was going to score. He was going oh, to score it. Oh. And he even did talked about it in interviews, but during uh, pre-production, scheduling conflicts happened, and he was replaced by James Newton Howard, who uh, who did uh, King Kong uh -huh. and uh, Fantastic Beasts films. Great score. The first one I like. The second Wait, one I who is really this? Who is this? James James Newton Howard. Do you? I'm gonna also, interrupt you real quick. Do you want to know what else he did? You might say it. Go ahead. Treasure Planet. Oh. I was going to say, you know what movie, what else he did? He's done a lot of stuff that I never knew. But here's one that might seem out of oh. left field. He scored yeah. Space Jam. 
What? He scored Space Jam. Uh, you heard me right. I didn't know that. He scored Space Jam. That's funny. Is he going to do Space Jam 2? I'm not sure. That'd I can be look cool. real quick. I think he did He did Dark Knight as well. No, that was Hans Zimmer. With Hans Zimmer. Oh, he did he it with him? with Hans Zimmer. Seriously? Yeah. yeah. Hans Zimmer is one of my favorites, by the way. What is he this is guy's good. name? Pirates, his Newton? pirate scores are good, except Klaus Bedell did the first one. Yeah, he's done Bedell? this. Uh, yeah. Dude, James Newton Howard. Ja- yeah, James Newton Howard has done over 160 films. But just some cup, a couple notable ones. You already said the Treasure Plane. It's a great one. Yep, and you already mentioned um, Fantastic Beasts. He also did Concussion, that Will Smith movie, All the Hunger Games. Nightcrawler, that one hmm. with Jake Gyllenhaal, uh, Maleficent, After oh, Earth, that unfortunately, surprise me. The Born Legacy, Green Lantern, yikes, Nomeo and Juliet, <laughs> The Green, Green Hornet, Lantern. <laughs> yeah, The Green Hornet. Ryan Reynolds just opened my door and shot me. In. <laughs> <laughs> Salt, The Last Airbender, dude, he's done some stinkers he, oh, of yeah, movies. Oh yeah, how can I forget? It's the not last on him. Airbender has a done, good score. Yeah, and that's yeah. You can be a good person on a bad film. It's just some of these are so like they're bad movies. They're like he flow that's of so water. Weird. Look it up. The it's Dark great. Knight. You're right. I didn't doubt it, but there it is. I am yes, Legend. All right. Well, sorry. <laughs> I am Legend. RV. He does all these big epic movies, and then he does these silly movies does like a little RV. Fun sidebar. Yeah. Right. Batman Begins. The Village. Like he, I'm looking. He's done. Oh, did he do the happening? He did signs. He did happening. He works with M Night Shyamalan a lot. Unbreakable. <sighs> I think he's done every M Night Shyamalan movie. The Sixth Sense. Ooh, Runaway Bride. See, for every like eight good movies, he does a weird one. My best friend's <laughs> wedding. Like <laughs> what? This, he has such a unique <laughs> resume. I can be done. I'm uh, sorry. I'm I, gonna try it. No, oh, no. Wait, I'm just, last I was one. Just gonna say, I'm gonna try rain it. It is good. Last He's done one. a lot of great stuff. Pretty woman. Oh, wow. Well, <laughs> you never think of it, and we'll probably say this again when our Lord of the Rings episodes eventually occur. Uh, Howard Shore, from Lord of the Rings fame, the score, and The Hobbit, he did Mrs. Doubtfire. See, it's a complete. See music. how. I, the composers have so, the most diverse just, careers. It just, it just goes to show you can write a uh, score for a uh, family-friendly comedy and then go on to do a big epic blockbuster and be just as effective. Dude, composers are some of the most better. diverse filmmakers but on the planet. I have another fun fact. Arcade Fire contributed to the score via, we just talked earlier about it, The Horn of Plenty. They wrote oh, yeah. the anthem. How does that go? Like the main anthem. How does it? How does ba, it go? Ba, 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 oh yeah. Ba, ba, the the ba, music ba, in this. Ba, 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 ba. Like the the in universe music, like that, and the score itself. The yeah. The non diegetic music is well, so good. In this one movie. of the writers. What is his name? Butler. Okay. I don't know who that is. A member of the band. But okay. <laughs> gotcha. <laughs> he co-wrote the song with Chasagni. I'm totally butchering that. I'm sorry, guys. Probably. Explained. 
Uh, national anthem of the fascist capital. So as a thought experiment, we tried to write that. We tried to write what that might sound like. It's like the capital's idea of itself, basically. He said, it's not a pop song or anything, more of an anthem that could be playing at a big sporting event, like the Hunger Games. So we did a structure for that, and then James Newton Howard made a movie score version of it that happens to several places in the film. It's interesting. It's, <laughs> I don't really listen to Arcade Fire, to be honest. Okay. But apparently someone's like, uh, they pull off, quote, the neat feat of sounding both exactly like Arcade Fire and exactly like a futuristic anthem. <laughs> okay. They do. Like one foot, quote, in the band's uncorrupted neighborhoods and another in the podium at the end of Star Wars, accepting an Olympic gold medal or something. That is that <laughs> is exactly funny. what it sounds like. It reminds me of the Olympics. These are the death Olympics. Right. Speaking mm -hmm. of, do you just want to get into the movie? Yeah, let's get into it. Let's get to into go it through. with Act 1. So it starts off... And we get a little background on the Hunger Games and why they happen. And to paraphrase, because they give you a little text, the yeah. Hunger Games started when the people of Pan Am, all the districts, like revolted against the the government, uh, the, the capital. capital. So yeah. then they're like, well, fine, fuck you. We're going to make you, two people, a guy and a girl from each district, fight to the death. For us, it's like a sacrifice. You're doing that every year. We'll call it the Hunger Games because yeah. you'll and get food we'll from it. And then we'll twist it into some sick thing that is about honor and and sacrifice. Oh, yeah. And also, it can't be adults. It's kids. Like no, under it's 18. it's got to be kids. Because we're going to sacrifice children. It's a dark concept when you really it's peel dark. it back. But it's but so the idea isn't exactly original. No. Well, it might have been original by Suzanne Collins. She might not have known, but there, apparently there's a movie from Japan called Battle Royale. Yep. And it's the same concept. Yep. Yep. I've never of, seen uh, it. You know, yep. kids getting in an arena, killing each other. Yeah. So, so then it opens on, we don't know these people yet, but one of them is Seneca Crane. He's the guy with the awesome badass beard. We find out later he's the game maker. I could maker. never find out what his name was. They don't say it in the movie, do they? They do, I think. They do. They I definitely just watched say it, it like one. four hours ago. Okay, I think <laughs> I think they do. Uh, President Snow mentions him by name, um, okay. but he's talking That's to Stanley true. Tucci's character, and we don't deserve Stanley Tucci. Oh, he is. He is a joy in whatever movie he does. Even in Transformers, I was literally just going to say that. Algorithms, math. Why can't we make? what we want to make the way we want to make it why yeah like except just, as merlin i hated him as merlin we'll get to it. that when we hit transformers yeah at, at some point but like Stanley i couldn't Tucci. even finish that movie but anyway the first movie i saw him in sidebar was that movie i was telling you about a couple episodes ago that you haven't seen yet with emma stone easy a oh nope there is a uh or he's just, he's so good in that movie. And I'm going to sidebar for just a second because I have to tell you this one part. It's hilarious. My wife and I absolutely, we quote this so much. So in the movie, he plays the dad of Emma Stone's character and he has a wife and that's the mom. They are like the best parents. Like no matter, they're, they're how I want to parent. They're so, they, their relationship with each other and their children is amazing. So 
they in the movie, Emma Stone is their daughter, their real daughter. They're white people. They have a black son that they adopted. He's, he's much younger than Emma Stone's character. Mm-hmm. There's a scene in the movie where they're sitting at like the breakfast table and Emma Stone's talking to him and she's like, well, blah, blah, blah. And they're like, blah, blah, blah. And then... Good script. Yeah. No, it is a good script. <laughs> but then the son, who is black and he is adopted, was like, he's like, well, how how come I won't blah, blah, blah? Like, I'm, I'm short. I'm never going to be tall. And then the mom is like, well... That runs in that runs in our genes. Um, <laughs> you'll hit a growth spurt, and then he goes, "It doesn't run in my genes. I'm adopted." And the dad, he slams Stanley. The, yes, he slams the cupboard door, and he goes, "What? Who told you, guys? We were gonna discuss this as a family." <laughs> and it's so hysterical because obviously he's kidding, but that's just yeah. like the dynamic they have with their kids. And then at the end of the scene, like Emma Stone's character leaves and like the mom leaves, he's sitting and he's leaning on the counter where the kid, the son is eating cereal and he just looks at him and he goes, where are you from originally? And it's so funny. Like you guys have to watch that movie. Easy A. I might just have us do it for fun no well it's not a sequel i know well, that's why we, you mentioned it before i was like too bad there's not an easy b okay anyway hunger games i'm really sorry St- I just the, had to okay that. the thing about stanley though one last thing he's got such an iconic voice yes like you hear his voice you know it's stanley tucci oh yeah he's been in a lot of good movies uh the terminal fantastic film he's a gift um yeah he is good and he's, he's diverse in, I, I haven't seen the whole movie but Julia and Julia, is that what it is? I'm not sure. With Meryl Streep and Amy Adams? I'm, yeah, I don't know. I can't help you with that one. He's in that. He, okay. He's a funny guy in that, too. But He, he has yeah. such good range, because he does easy oh, a he's comedy. he's so good in this movie, too. This, where he's the like Hunger this, Games. this flamboyant, like, upbeat... Uh, stage. Like, stage present, like this This. He's Oprah. the Ryan Seacrest yeah, of the Capitol. or Oprah, just... Yeah. Ha, just high energy TV personality. Just He's really the Tom eats it Bergeron yeah. of the Capitol. And then you get Stanley Tucci in a movie like uh, I think it's called The Lovely Bones, where he plays a yeah. pedophile serial yeah. killer. And you're like yeah. Stanley. We don't deserve Stanley Tucci. So anyway, oh. he's talking to Seneca Crane about mm-hmm. the games and how how they're important and all that good stuff. And Seneca's like, "Well, it's, it's important." Interesting cut here. Yeah, Did it you is. You notice that. Yeah, I think I did. He's like, what would you say is the defining blah, blah, blah of your of the games under your leadership? And then before he answers, it cuts to District 12 and it's Primrose waking up from a nightmare screaming. Which is, so it's like, is good. Good cutting. Because these, cut. these games are a nightmare. But we, yeah. so we meet her, Katniss, her sister, Jennifer Lawrence, comforts her and you get the sense that she is kind of compensating for lack of... They have a mom, but it's not a great relationship. Something mm-hmm. happened in the past that we don't find out until later. I think... Didn't the dad leave? Or died? The dad, the dad died. died. And the mom has because just never been the same since. We learn later on, they live in the mining district. Yeah, District 12. And I I am a sucker for shaky cam. Oh. And this movie, even for me, almost has a little too much of it, but... It, I you thought it. Born Ultimatum was bad. Dude, oh. 
I love it because it <laughs> no, fits the tone of the city. Just kind of rough, It's very, ragged. very noticeable. Yes. And like I, re- I just read this on Wikipedia, that was a criticism of it, and it does add in certain moments. It adds to the general tone of the movie. I like that. Mm-hmm. But some, it's sometimes a little bit too much. Yeah. And then we see Katniss with a bow and arrow, and she's out hunting for food. This sets up that she's an archer, and she hits a bird. No, Gale throws her off, so she misses yeah, the Yeah, that kind of pissed me off, actually. Yeah, but... Because we don't know the circumstances. They might not have food readily available. They don't. So she's hunting to provide for her family, and he comes up behind her and goes, Hey, Katniss! And <laughs> it makes him run away. I agree with her when she was she yelled at him. Damn you, Gale! It's not funny. Yep, played by not Thor, uh, Liam Hemsworth. Yeah. And, but <laughs> they did that to set up this shot worthy of Fred Bear. Fred Bear was a famous uh, bow hunter, hunter in general. I think he was big for bows. Like, there's Fred Bear lines of bows. I don't hunt, but I know that. There's a song by, unfortunately, by um, Ted Nugent, who is kind of garbage. But he has he's a good musician. I'll give him that. But she hits a bird out of the air with a bow and arrow not bird shot not a shotgun not a crossbow <laughs> that shoots 800 arrows no one arrow gets it so then gail and katniss share a piece of bread which is a delicacy because of poverty and Kat- hence why she was hunting yep and, and we then- learn later on that they trade uh they trade submissions the number of submissions to the capital to get food. Oh yeah, yeah. Submission to, to the, the Hunger the, Games. The reaping, <clears throat> the as reaping we hear. where they draw, and we'll get to that. So Katniss gets the Mockingjay pin, and this is foreshadowing for future films. It becomes her signal. She gives it to Prim when she gets back home. I thought it was kind of funny that she didn't know what it was. Right. Yeah. And, then and she, that old lady reminded me of Aunt May. I can buy that. I half expected her to go, take it! (laughs) Yes, you can! You can take this pin! She's like, okay! Like, all right. You need it more than I do. Why do I need the pin? It's a pin. Why do I need this, lady? Because it... Okay. Well, it was nice that she gave it to her for free. Oh, she did. So she didn't even need the five bucks. But there's a deeper meaning behind it. It's foreshadowing. And then Katniss is helping her... Si- or their mom is helping Prim, her sister, get dressed or something. Yep. And she's like, you're beautiful. And then her mom Man. calls Katniss beautiful. And she does that thing. I might thing. be. Katniss did that thing where she heard the compliment because you can see that she heard it, but ignored mm. it and just moved on. It t- she drowned it out. Like the mom is trying to like, she's trying to hard. You get a sense hard. that she's more of a tomboy yeah. figure and the mom is she's trying feminine too hard. but she's not used to wearing dresses and you know formal wear right and 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 this is like when like if you're estranged from your family or something you're you're trying to make it better or let's say you're even you're mad at at your spouse like if if my wife is mad at me i'll overcompensate by like um hey is there anything you need blah 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 and she just does the i don't know i don't care because she's katniss is not ready to be nice to her mom yet. No. So the um, this is when I realized, you realize it later in the film, but I'm going to say it now. The Go color ahead. palette of District 12 is 
well not the color palette what's the what's the word the Duh. color like the color scheme the, the color the color grade no the color <laughs> the color the color scheme is just really bleak right. white like grays right gray and bleak and run down no color and you see well you get the sense that it's almost like a quaker village yeah. i mean i'm i'm yeah. assuming at this point it, you get the small town mining town idea from how conservatively they dress yeah and it's like dirty and washed out yeah juxtaposed with the capital and you almost see the color grading on the film change when they get on the train and enter the capital and it's just boom color mm. every even they look more colorful the color mm -hmm. immediately changes to bright vibrant happy upbeat like a lot of color the color does but not the sound or the music right and that was something that when we originally watched this my wife caught like wow the who is like i don't mean this as like she doesn't know film but she's not a film person she right. doesn't catch stuff like that i would catch but she does catch things like this like visual things she's very good at it and mm -hmm. she brought it to my mm -hmm. attention like the it's amazing how they color contrast. is a luxury yes it's amazing the contrast and you see it happen before your eyes the color change when you get into the the capital so i thought that was it so everybody's getting ready for the reaping and you're like what's the reaping the reaping commences. We get a video of like wartime. Propaganda. Yeah, oh, yes, propaganda. And the capital's like, the Hunger Games are great because the capital. And they probably show this every year, too. Oh, they do. The you poor get the capital. Because yeah. you went against us, and now you are fighting for us and for Pan Am. And for your district's tributes. Yeah. You're fighting for them. And it's a Make brainwashing them proud. thing. It's, yeah. Shoot. What'd I do? What'd I do? What'd I do? I lost my notes. Hang on. Uh-oh. No, I'm back. I'm back. Um, you got him back, everybody. He's got his notes back. I got him back. <laughs> so this scene where they're all being kind of herded into this courtyard yeah. area is very Holocaust-esque. Because mm. they're they're wearing, like, nice clothes, but their nice clothes aren't nice clothes. They're Like I said, they're <laughs> really washed out. Yeah, they're washed out. They're clean, but yet still grimy in and, a way yeah and everybody's just really it's a they're it's surrounded a by peacekeepers it's a bummer in the quotes yeah which they're they're like uh like a swat team they're in their riot gear essentially right. very kind of like how things are today but they're all just all the kids are this kind of down because they know what this means that one of them is going to have to go die probably because mm -hmm. they don't have the luxury of like training to win these games so this this is also probably the capital's idea of a sick idea of population control. Oh yeah, most certainly. Because the older the older district dwellers are, they survived it. Yeah. Every imagine being the the Hunger Games go for seventy four. This is the seventy fourth Hunger Games. Mm -hmm. Imagine living through all seventy four of them. And they're still happening. Yeah. Oh, well, that doesn't, it's not as amazing when I think because, okay, they stopped tributing at 18. So. Yeah, but still, that's a big deal. Like, if you could make it past To survive it, six years. Or if you win, you get, yeah. you're like, yeah, I'm happy to be alive, but I just had to kill 38, you get, nine people. You get riches and wealth, and there's a point to that, as Snow will say later on. Yeah. But. In certain districts, that's what they live for. 
which I'll get to them. They're called the careers, but we'll get to them. So the reaping commences. This is the, the part. The reaping is when, what's her name? Elsie? No, uh, Elfie. Elf, Effie, Effie Trinket. Effie, Effie, who is played by just magnificent performance again because it's so over the top, which is perfect, by Elizabeth Banks. Elizabeth Banks. Bad in, English accent. Oh, yeah, but I think it's intentional. Bad, but it's in, yeah, I was just going to say. It's supposed to be cheesy, and she's overly happy. It's all part of the act. Yes, and she's the only one excited because she's from the Capitol. She's wearing this bright pink dress. Her makeup's all done. Her hair is all crazy. And it's such a beautiful visual of her standing up on the stage, the contrast of her purple, mm. how she just sticks out like a sore thumb. She does not belong in District 12. No. So she pulls out the first name. They do ladies first. And it's Primrose Everdeen. Exactly what her nightmare was about. And, oh, shit. And 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 everybody's like, oh. And then Katniss is like, oh. And she pushes her way to the crowd and she goes, I volunteer as tribute. And everybody's like, what the fuck? And Prim's like, no. And then Katniss is like, I volunteer as tribute. And Elizabeth Banks is just thrilled oh it's our first ever volunteer come on up this is great you're great let's give her a fir- our very first volunteer round of applause everybody and she's the only one that claps. crickets yeah and then Peta, who was played by josh hutcherson Peta is chosen Peto, yeah no <laughs> Peta. thanks zach yeah Peta is selected and we now find out he is going to be the main male character and they're both up there on stage, not happy about it. As they go back and behind the curtain, the, the crowd gives the three-finger salute, the mm. do-do-do-do, or however it goes. Katniss is at, we get these little flashbacks of a time where you think, oh, her and Peta have a history, but we don't get the full thing. Katniss lectures her mom about, you have to be there for Prim. You have to. Yeah, you dad died. You can't tune out this time. You can't, because I'm not going to be here. So you have to do it. She's like, I will. And it's emotional. And she says goodbye. I like how Primrose is like, don't cry. Don't cry. Oh, and then Prim And then she kind of switches gears and is like, hugs her. And then says it like, don't cry again. Because Primrose, like you said earlier, is just like taking over the role in her mother's absence mentally. Yep. Because her mom is just checked out. She she is traumatized by the dad dying. Mm -hmm. And it, it affects each child differently. And each person yeah. in the family differently. So Katniss gets to say her goodbyes. She says goodbye to Gail, who is not Thor. Katniss and Peta board the train. They're treated to more food than they've probably ever seen in their lives. You might be able to say he's a thorn <laughs> in uh, Chris Hemsworth's side. as his little brother. <laughs> okay. All right. I'm sorry. So we meet my absolute favorite character of this entire series. Mm. I love him. Haymitch. And he, we find Abernethy. out. Yeah. Yes. Thank you. He's played by Woody Harrelson, who's one of my favorite actors, I think. Everything he's, he's very, in very is just a joy. And he's kind of this eccentric kind of, is that the word? Like, yes. Oh, welcome. Congratulations. Not as eccentric as no. Effie. But, but he is. Yeah, I hear you. He's uh, a drunk. He is an alcoholic and he is their mentor because he is a former victor. He won the games when he was a kid. So he just kind of mentors them. And the key to staying alive is to be liked mm-hmm. and get sponsors so they can help you. And Katniss is not on the right track. 
for that because she's just like fuck this fuck everybody fuck you i don't care <laughs> but yeah and he, huh. he even oh, says so how like, do we how do we survive how do we stay alive the and he's like well la, la, gives a sarcastic answer and she's like no how do we stay alive well pass me the jam and i'll tell you <laughs> right uh, and, and, and then they enter like, the Capitol, and this is where the color changes. And Peter's just yeah. like, wow, and he's playing to the crowd. The and interesting then, thing, sorry. Go ahead. About entering the Capitol is, you know, they're talking with Hamish this whole time. And Effie earlier says, well, basically along the lines of, oh, it's so good that even for this brief moment, you'll be able to experience it. Yeah. But when, when they first see the capital through the train windows before they go in the tunnel. It's very brief. And then the tunnel cuts it off. Like, nope. It's a meta it's a visual metaphor oh. for how brief they're able to enjoy this the luxury of the capital and their way of life. I really liked that. I didn't catch that, I don't think, before. Me neither, but I just did now. But they do get more. The Capitol people are just over the top with their flamboyancy. And Peta's mm-hmm. playing to the crowd. Hey, hey, guy, waving to him. And Hamish is like, yep, he's going to be just fine. You have some work to do. Because he's trying to, he's being liked. He, Peta, no, he has that. Not the animal rights organization. Correct. But Peta, the character, has a charisma about him. He knows how to play to the crowd and talk to the crowd. And That's yet, his strength. No one likes him. Which is weird. People don't like him as much as Katniss. Yeah. And we get a tribute prep montage. We see some of the other ones from the other richer districts and the lower districts. We meet Cinna, who is played by musical icon Lenny Kravitz, and he's great. And he is genuinely a kind person and just takes Katniss in like it is genuine and sincere to her, and he's and her not stylist. as flamboyant either. No, he's more down to earth. And he's, he's got a good sense of style. Yes, he's her. Where's stylist. the other? All the other capitalists? Ha ha ha! Um, <laughs> they they're all gaudy. They got all this obnoxious makeup on their oh, hair. Yeah. The guy, the eyeliner, the guy liner, <laughs> the eyeliner. Just oh, even with a. Uh, <laughs> Stanley Tucci's character, what's his name? Caesar something. Caesar, yeah, Caesar. He looks like freaking Dracula. Gary oh, Oldman's yeah. Dracula. He's great. And, with his hair like that. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, and he tells her, hey, we're not going to do all that fancy stuff. We're going with black, but bro, when the time comes, they push up something or something. He's like, just fired up. And you're like, What? And then they do the tribute parade as President Snow watches on, or as I like to call him, Donald. We'll just call him Donald. <laughs> just kidding. President Snow. His, you get well, the f- you're, are you being intentional? Because uh, the actor's yes, name is, is Donald, Donald Sutherland. Sutherland. Yes. <laughs> but I was referring to a different one. But President Snow oh. watches on, uh, and Katniss and Peta are set ablaze. Literal flames. But they're not real flames, but they're flames. That it's it's Cinna had a little trick up his sleeve to to help him out get some yeah. you know get, help them catch people's eye and they're surprised some outfits, guy in the audience yeah wasn't like you're on fire right like the guy from Harry Potter you're on fire right well speaking of Harry Potter it's so weird that you said that because President Snow does he have that that Dumbledore booming voice microphone spell in his voice 
Because I don't see a microphone, and he's talking to the entire Capitol. Hey, if they have technology to make dogs magically appear, then... True. But is this in the Harry Potter universe? I don't know. Another thing which I find is weird, this is a futuristic time, but District 12 is so down in the dumps, it looks like it's not, like it looks like it's way in the past, but the contrast... With even within the district, is they the technology is still really advanced. They have these high tech projectors. Oh, and, so if they have technology, they can have an uprising. Yeah, um, but he he addresses President Snow addresses the crowd. He's in this a lot less than what I thought. I remember he was, but that's the end of Act One right there. They do the parade. Okay, yeah. So they do the parade. They make an impression. Yeah. Hmm. And right off the bat, good act. It really sets the tone. You 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 understand District Twelve and kind what the stakes are paced. for them. It it kind of is. Yeah, it went by fast. The but, the beginning of the movie, like you said, it it, it kind of the beginning of the movie happens at a at a quicker pace, but then as we go in further, it kind of slows down. Yeah. A lot. Well, Act Two, I have uh going. It it's kind of short. But that's because mm. I didn't write down everything. Like it'll, it drags a oh, little bit. But if you that musical thing they use, the the score in the scene where she's walking around District Twelve, it sounds very Halo-y. The melody from Halo, the okay. See, I'm not familiar with Halo, but, but I, I I hear I I kind of get where you're. I'll play you're going. it. I'll play it here. No, okay, yeah. After hearing that, I yes, and I I have heard um, a, a little bit of the the Halo soundtrack. It was on one of my Spotify stations. It was like a symphonic station or like a soundtrack station. So yeah, no, I it's it's badass is what it is. And I, I <laughs> see right. the parallel that you're drawing there. This is interesting. You remember when, like you mentioned, they first get into the capital. They first see the capital, or not even the capital, but the the wealth of the capital on board the train. Yeah. Notice that the music is somber, mm-hmm. like in that sequence. It's it's not like magical, like woo! Look at all the shiny wealth and the glitter and the nice blue carpet and all that. It's it's very somber, almost like wow. These people are living in squalor, and this is what is normal Yeah. for Effie. Yes. And... She's very inconsiderate, by the way. She is. She has a really good character development over the course of the movies, Insensitive is the word. Yeah. yeah. Over the course of the books, I am aware, yeah. She's privileged, is what it is. That's privilege. It's well, it's what white privilege yes. is today. It's She doesn't I wrote the, mean to be, really. It's just that's yeah. what it is. She's like the perfect personification of privilege and wealth. Yeah, privilege in general. I don't want to say this yeah. is a this isn't a race movie. Uh, yeah, but it. Uh, uh, yeah, the capital yeah. is very privileged, and some of the districts are not, but others are a little more. Like twelve is way, the lower the the higher well, the number. Well, twelve is because they. Nobody except one person is one from 12, whereas you have District 1 
where Cato and company are from, they train for this. So they have a lot of victors. Yep. And well, well so uh, victors get wealth. Yeah. So that's why their they, districts are better. Yeah. Out. It trickles down probably. And they live for it. We'll, we'll, we'll talk about that in mm-hmm. this act, but any other thing, which, you know, it's weird. You'd think the people from district 12 would have more to fight. They actually have to win to get, mm. it would help them. Whereas the other districts that always win, they're already wealthy enough. They don't need to, but it's a pride thing at this point, And they're arrogant. Mm. But uh, yeah. yeah, I think good act. It's, it sets it up. It's, it, it's good pacing a little, very quick in getting to the capital. But that's a, that's kind of a good thing. Yep. Because life isn't as interesting in District 12. We don't need to spend too much time there. No, we don't. Um, yeah. Although don't. some have said that's a blank, that's a bad mark against the movie, character development-wise. But anyway, I think it, it, it worked. It does work. It worked. So, you, get, you, get the, uh, you get the relationships between the characters via how they you know talk to each other, yeah. as you do. Yep. But, and yeah. I am into this movie. Just so mm-hmm. you know, I'm into this movie. This is good. So, yes. uh, do you want to get into Act 2? Let's do it. Act 2. The tributes are shown to their rooms and it's like think of it as just a 27 star hotel just this amazing hotel and they get what is it two weeks of prep time before the actual hunger games so everything's made out of concrete and chrome why is everything chrome everything is chrome in the future all the foods you can eat (laughs) a comfortable bed and just they're really playing up this you guys are living it but you're going to have to go die, most of you, in two weeks. So live it up here where you can. And we get the tribute training room. It's full of weapons. You you really get the divide. The higher districts are taking it serious, and they're forming alliances, and that's what you want to do. And they know Not who to that, align but they with. Use, they use color again, like you said. All yeah. the capital people up there, capitalists, let's just go with that. Yep. They're in a bright red velvety room where the tributes are down in this cold steel lined yeah. training room. Like the tools are even made up. Well, the swords are steel, but the bow. Yeah. Oh yeah. Know. Dude, the, the, the stuff is cool looking like the mm-hmm. metal bow. It's so cool looking. Like I want one. I'm, I don't hunt or shoot things, but I want one, <laughs> but you, you get the, you get the gym, you get the globo gym. Yeah. PETA, we find out, sucks at everything except being a kind, caring person. Except throwing big balls. Right. He's super (laughs) strong. Like, Katniss is like, You wouldn't know it. (laughs) Go over there and just throw that heavy ball. That'll show him. (laughs) Guess what? You can throw. I saw you throwing bags of flour like they're nothing. I saw you throwing bread to the pigs, man. What? You are strong. Nobody throws bread like Peta. Nobody throws flour like Peta. Well, <laughs> flour doesn't kill. So yeah, yeah, you're strong. Uh, sure, go ahead. Well, yeah. 
Except I think that was fun. That that's a good scene though. Yeah, Even flower. The, the movie doesn't use anything with his strength later on in the movie though. Right. At all. Um, and let me just say, yeah, flower doesn't kill. Except yes, it does. Because if it lands properly with the right force, boom, broken neck, probably smashed skull. Uh oh. That's hilarious because I have that in the next line. Except, uh. <laughs> Oh, yeah. No, it is Marv. I put Harry, but it's just like Marv. No, Except isn't it? it's not flour, it's concrete mix. Oh, yeah. But either way, I that's so funny because that's literally what I have. We're on the same brainwaves. <laughs> Katniss flashes back to a time PETA gave her some bread in the rain because he's a super nice guy, and that's why he's constantly friend-zoned. They're, they're, <laughs> the sponsors, like you said, the rich people, potential sponsors, are watching up in their booth with all the food that they they can eat. And they're watching everybody train. Like, who do I want to sponsor? Who do I want to give stuff to? PETA gives Katniss some last-minute advice. when Because they each individually at this point, all the tributes go into a room by themselves and, like, show off a mm. skill so they can impress the the sponsors. And then they get a, a, a number grade. And Katniss is like, hey. Or PETA's like, hey, shoot straight. <laughs> Katniss is like, I thought you were gonna give me some actual advice, but thanks. That's I was I was gonna go in there and shoot very poorly, but that that makes more sense. So I yeah, that's good. I, I you know what? I was actually gonna go in there and shoot all over the place, just like a porn film money shot. But good call. Okay, I'll shoot straight. <laughs> she gets in there. She's real nervous. Everybody's watching. She misses. She misses the target. And everybody's like, ah, let's they continue. They don't even recognize eating. her. No. And then she's like, you know what? I'm taking this back. I hit the bullseye. But they're already lost interest because they're rich, snobby bastards. So then she's like, you know what? Fuck this. She shoots the apple out of the pig roast that they're eating. And everybody's like, Uh, One of the best scenes of the film. I'm going to apologize for my nose because the cat destroyed me. My eyes are itchy. They're puffy. And my nose is fucked. Okay. So Uh, anyway. um, Best scene in the movie. Oh, you're doing... Yeah. Hey, can you do something for me? What? Say sound speeding. Sound speeding. Yeah, that's an old joke. Uh, inside jokes, huh? Man, I love um, inside jokes. I'd love to be a part yeah. of one someday. <laughs> Boom, office that scene, two. one of the best scenes of the movie. Yeah. When she suits, and the way she bows and is like, thank you for your consideration. It's like, very sarcastic. <laughs> I just love that. It's a middle oh, finger. It's a big middle it's, finger. It's, it's spunky. Yeah, she's like, I'm from District spunky, 12, and just fuck everybody. It's an attitude. Like, I ain't messing around. And I love, uh, not I love, but no, I was thinking of the role of the sponsors and how it impacts the tributes. And basically, these tributes have to make an impression on each of them. So each of them are trying to figure out ways to like, oh, what am I going to wear? What am I going to say? How, how am I going to act and behave? And with Cinna, with the flaming dress, with the flaming outfits and the wear, it's not like your typical, oh, we're going to put you in a mining suit in a in a hard hat with a lamplight. No, we're right. going to light you on fire and give you a striking appearance. That causes, it's unconventional in that sense. Right. It causes the other tributes to grow jealous yes. of them. And all, they're not only competing in the arena, they're competing for sponsors. Yep. So e- they're, they're each like... You know what am I going to wear and all that, but it it just stokes that that conflict between all of them, and kind of gives them preconceived ideas about their um, 
opponents before even going into the the games. Yes. So I don't remember what the score is out of, like what the perfect score is, but Peta, I think it's out of twelve. Is it out of twelve? No, thirteen. 13 I think because there used to be. 13, yeah, I think it's thirteen. I think there used to be thirteen districts. Peta scores an eight, which is respectable, but Katniss, as Effie says, we can work with that. Yeah, and then Katniss <laughs> comes in with an eleven because she's a boss ass bitch, and she's like, "Cool, let's go shoot some shit." Yeah, and she then, doesn't even really. I mean, she is elated, but I think she's surprised. Like, I wouldn't even try it. I could. I don't another th- another disappointment for Peta. First, it's like, oh, my mom didn't even care that I was attributed. She's just like, at least, at least we might actually win this year. Yeah, maybe. And she wasn't talking about me. Well, you don't know that. Oh yeah, yeah. Maybe maybe she was talking about the both of you together. Because what if your mom knew about your little crush for Katniss and the power of love? That's the power of love. That, bam, 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 bam. Okay, we did that I think that song already. comes up a lot in these podcasts. Yeah, so it's a good one. They all go on the talk show with Caesar, and they're all like, "I'm a er, and I've been training the er." Welcome to the 74th annual Hunger Games. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And he's he's talking to Katniss and and Cinna before he goes out. I was like, I got another fun trick up my sleeve. When the time comes, stand up, spin around. You're gonna love it. So she's talking and she does not have people skills. She's but she kind of starts to build up a little charisma as it goes. And it's then, charming. Her ignorance is charming. Yeah, and people are like kind of laughing at her because she says something. She says like I don't even know why. Or like like she, I just didn't I just didn't want to get burned. And oh then yeah, looks yeah, around yeah, yeah. And then people are laughing. Ah, and she Caesar. doesn't get the joke. <laughs> so then she stands up, spins <laughs> around, and her dress catches on fire. And this girl is on fire. Girl on fire. She's walking on fire. Did they use that song in the marketing for this film? I have to look that up now. You would think it, they would be stupid it. not to. You'd think they would use it in Catching Fire. But she's but just. I, I always was annoyed by how she spins. What? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I yeah. Don't, just the way she. Uh, no, I, I get it. I get it. It's like she's never spun before. Or she's yeah. trying too hard to be a ballerina because she does that where you look over your shoulder to catch a point yeah. so you don't get dizzy. Yeah. But she yeah. spins too long also. Like, she should be dizzy. But her dress catches on fire, and the crowd loves it, and Caesar's like, I love it! <laughs> He's like Jim Carrey, but somebody playing Jim Carrey. Oh, man. Imagine Jim Carrey in that role. Bro, it would have been, spin around and show us your dress. Oh, my gosh, run! Fire! So, <laughs> you're... Katniss! Katniss, you're... Fire! Smoking! Yeah. Anyway... President Snow gives a talking to Seneca Crane, who is the game maker, about the importance of not giving too much hope to the poor. And he's like, the hell? Okay. Uh, and, and and then we get... Well, the- that's something I didn't realize in this movie either. Like, that's the whole reason why they do this Hunger Games. I mean, he explains it. I'm, I, I don't mean to reenact the whole scene, but basically... Yeah. Why do... We could just round up... You know, we could just use fear... As a way to control them, kind of like Death Star, kind of like the Empire, the Empire and the eh, 
Wow. Kind of like Kind of like president. the Empire and the Death Star and Tarkin and all that. We're going to use fear to control the people. No, he's going to use hope. Snow's yeah. going to use hope because he says it's more powerful than fear. And if we give them the hope that, hey, you can win and become wealthy and give back to your districts. Yeah. That's how they control them. Yeah. Interesting scene. Yes. But also an interesting scene. PETA talking to Caesar. Are you going to that? Um, yes, right now. Because he makes well, no, up that Kakamimi story. Yeah. Well, yeah. there's before we get to that, there's a part. This is like um, like the Maury show. Like when it comes to the Hunger Games, you are the tribute. And everybody goes nuts. And <laughs> Katniss is like, I knew it. I knew it. You're not my... That went nowhere. Katniss has no clue how to play the crowd, as I've said. But Peter comes out, and he's like, what's up, everybody? <laughs> Let me sit comfortable. Caesar, love the hair. How you doing? And then Caesar's Caesar like... Caesar does not like this at all. He doesn't? You can get the sense. Well, I think he does, because he plays... He likes him. it at first, but then Peter does the whole... Tell me, do I smell like roses? No, he likes that because he, he smells me. He goes, yeah, kind of. D- do I? You definitely smell better than I do. Well, I've lived here longer. That makes sense. <laughs> I think Caesar's eating it up. I think Caesar almost sees it as him upstaging him in a way, though. Oh. <laughs> well, that's because I've lived here longer. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, and then he does a ha ha funny. Well, it beats smelling like a kitten's butthole. Am I right, Peter? <laughs> <laughs> but did you get that when he sa- when he says ha ha funny? I, you know what? Now kind of like say he that, has that little attitude, like you little prick. I kind sort of thing. did. Now that you say that, yeah. And he he's like, "What do you miss most about your district?" Oh, a girl, I had a crush on. Well, Peter, you just go out and win this, and then she'll have to go out with you. Except she'll be dead because it's somebody that came with me. Yeah, yeah. And this whole thing, she, Katniss didn't know about it. And I have, an, I have a theory on his character and why he did this. I mean, he, pro- he and part of him probably did it for the showmanship of it. He's like, doing he it knows for they got to make an impression. He's yeah. doing it for her. Yeah, to make but her I more, think he's also uh, doing it for himself. Yes. Because the only way he can make himself relevant... Because so far, the people don't really care about him. He got an eight. People are more interested in her. He is connecting himself to Katniss. Maybe, but I'm getting it more as it's a selfless act. Like, he knows he doesn't have a chance to win, but she does. Okay, so I'm... he's like, okay, I can make her more desirable. So that's, that's what I'm going to do. Well, you I might think, be on the right I think Hamish even says that. Because he, Katniss, like, attacks him and is like, why the hell would you do that? And then Hamish is like, hey. He did listen, you a favor. Listen, sweetie. He made he, you more desirable. Yes, exactly. And then she's like, I, really? <laughs> do tell. Uh, no. She does not I say don't, that. It's, I don't. It's a, I, I, I get what you're saying. That's probably what they were going for. But just uh, his fear, like, I don't know. Does he have a fear or some sort of inferiority complex sort of thing where he's thinking oh my mom doesn't even care nobody here cares so i'm going to make myself more relevant by tying myself to katniss by saying i'm in love with her possibly that way i can be in the game still 
and still have people following the, me while also I I don't think that's what his intention was, but it could be both because he does get allies. Like they, the other yeah. tributes go toward him because they know that she's a threat, so they can use him to get to her, and then he can mm. use that alliance to save her. But mm. I think it's more f- for her than him because he knows okay. she could win. And if somebody's going to win, I want it to be from our district. And I know it won't be me because I just, it won't. I'm fucking, I'm useless. I bake and throw shit. <laughs> so good for me. <laughs> if there was shot put though, I would totally oh, win. Oh yeah. If this was like uh, the if this Olympics, was the shot put games, yeah. <laughs> he'd be a great triathlon. Oh, mm. but during the training montage, we also see that he paints his arm exactly like the bark of a tree with paint. So it yeah. hit disguise. We get that. That's important later. We meet, I think we meet Rue here, who is from District 11, and she's like eight years old. Yeah. And just 12. like. 12. Isn't the limit 12? Maybe. Maybe it is. So she's not <sighs> in her teens. She's like 12 or eight or five. Who, the there are a capital, couple other younger children in the games, too, yeah, that I see. That capital, they get kind of called at the, right the offset. So Katniss and the other tributes enter the arena, and this is a really claustrophobic scene. They're down underneath mm. like in this dungeon or they fly on this thing and get ejected with a tracker thing in their arm and then they go through this big tunnel and the light contrast is blinding because they were just underground and you're seeing all the other tributes are on this platform there's a big counter and don't step off of it or else she'll or else she'll blow you up Boom. <laughs> <laughs> oh Misa something I don't that's <laughs> shit I why okay so they're all around there bye <laughs> that's what Cinna says okay um, I don't have any flame dresses for you but just go up the tube what bye and then she goes up Okay, I want to just compliment her performance here so yeah. good it's good the whole time like, good the whole time but and this is just a good example of it just how she like trembles like she's shaking like for how strong she is in her resolve she's still like shaking cause this like she could she don't know if she's gonna die right at the offset right and Hamish does tell her there's gonna be a bow and arrow in the cornucopia that has all of the supplies that you'll need yeah do not go for it because you will die it's a bloodbath run the other way hide bide your time and survive and she doesn't listen no she does she doesn't go to the cornucopia she goes and runs for a bag she does because it's out it's out of ways so that it's something she can obtain. And she does. And it is a bloodbath. The camera, I don't even know where we are because the camera's all over the place and it's chaotic, which is the point. And yeah. kids are dying and it's Interesting brutal. Interesting sound design. It's brutal. It no is. Me, no sound, just that tone. They should have gotten Frau Forbissena for the countdown because they do it from oh. like 100. <laughs> it's like 30, 29, 28. And then, I, and then you get that Seneca stuck Crane. Out to me. You get Seneca yeah. Crane coming and going. Er, how about just start at five? No, they literally <laughs> do the whole thirty seconds. It is chaos. That's great. And that's where I ended Act Two. I know that might be okay. weird, but that's where we're doing it. Act Two is a lot longer than what it sounded like because I paraphrased a lot. Like it's actually a really long act. The whole time at the Capitol lasts a lot longer than what I originally remember. Like they're there for a while. Doing they the training are. and the eating are. and the meeting people. What's like, the span? Of, what's the span of days at the Capitol? 
two weeks, I think. Two weeks? Yeah, they get two weeks to train against like, sponsors like and Like Total Recall? Two weeks! Two weeks! I've never seen it. <laughs> I mean either, but I know that scene. But I anyway. Know that scene. Um, yeah, Act 2. Good stuff introducing us to the capital. Yes. And the capitalists that live there. You see. What do you have to say? Or what do you think? What about this act worked well? Um, I think most of it because... It fully explained the Hunger Games, how they work, what's at stake. They get a briefing, all the tributes do. Like, they're, we are mm. told through somebody giving them a briefing of how it works, uh, how you get sponsors, what's going to happen, this is what's at stake. We, we get the whole thing. Like, we know what's going on. So it's an important act. It's a beautiful act visually. I really like the Capitals look. And then how it just goes from that to bloodbath. I love the transition. The transitions between acts and this are great because you get District 12 down in the dumps, Capital up here, and it's a brief moment in the grand scheme of things, just like it is for the tributes that go there. They're there for two weeks, and then they're mm. going to, to kill each other. So much like the movie structure, that's how it is for the Capital or for the tributes as well. They spend most of the time in the arena. Okay. Yes. That's kind of interesting. Uh, what were you going to say? You mentioned you were going to mention the careers. Oh yeah, the careers. That's what they call districts 1 through I don't remember, but they're the ones that they're pumped if they get picked as tribute cuz they train their entire lives for like from the moment that they could that their name could be called and probably even before that, they're training. And that's why they have so many victors. Like mm. every year, these certain districts, mainly district one, like they're the big one and then it goes yeah. down from there, but they're training their whole lives. So it's like, they call them the careers because that's what they do. That's their career, AKA their life up until they get picked. And then, so they're ready for it and they live for this. And that's all they're like, quote unquote, programmed to do. It's like this... when, when Booby Miles in uh, Friday Night Lights tears his ACL or his MCL or oh. whatever and there's that really sad scene with his uncle and he's like dude you're not going to be able to play this year again like you're and he's he breaks down because he's like all all I know is football I put so much time into this I don't know anything else what am I going to do without football I, I, I just want to play football this is them we don't know anything else except killing and hunting and surviving <laughs> it's interesting the state-sanctioned spectacle going on here. It almost kind of like a hero worship sort of thing. Yep. Except they're using it as a way to uh, propagandize and uh, control the population. But just this idea of blind hero worship where you say, we thank the troops and th thank you for your service and anyone who criticizes the troops or what our co our country does with the troops and what we do with our military around the world, anyone who criticizes it. You're not American. You're not American. You're not patriotic. If you kneel during a football game to the American flag, you're not patriotic and you're criticizing the troops and criticizing our and insulting our country. But they're not. No. They're, those are people that missed the point. I was one of them because I only saw it at face value. And, I'm and like, oh. the NFL better do something about with Colin Kaepernick after all yeah. this. Yeah. But they won't. His career is probably done. 
But That's terrible. But you get Drew Brees, who's still there. And I'm not going to get into it because of what he, you saw what he said. He's like, you know, I can't support anybody that kneels during the, And that wasn't even the question. He apologized later. He realized that wasn't it was even a what it was about. It was right, yeah. And he is a good person. I'm not gonna just take a dump on him, but he was out of. He spoke out of out of privilege and out of. He was out of tune. It was it was not appropriate. It was ignorant. But I I think he yeah. realized kind of how it sounded, and he's apologized ever, since. So, what's that movie? Billy Something's halftime show. I have no idea. I've never seen it, but I think it is about that same idea where, you know, it's about this uh, troop, this young man who went to Afghanistan or over in the Middle East, and he comes back and he's treated like a war hero, and there's like fireworks and everything. And it's like, we don't know the kind of horrors that go on. These people do. Right. And yet we celebrate it with fanfare and stuff. And I just think sometimes that's a way, like... We have done awful stuff overseas in other countries. Yeah. We've, we, via the CIA or via our troops and armed forces, we have done our fair share of an, uh, atrocities. And just kind of like in this movie, they're using this Hunger Games thing they're treating it like a, a pageant. Like literally, they say a pageant earlier in the movie. Oh, yeah. And it's a pageant, but it's an atrocity. You're taking children and putting them against each other in, to kill each other in a battle royale. And you're using this spectacle to cover, to kind of sugarcoat it, you know? Yep. You're oh. making it like a sporting event and twisting it into some sort of honorable thing when all it's population control and, and, uh, to quell and, used as a way to quell uprisings. Well, yeah. Can, yeah. I'm going on and, and it's, on. And it's easy for the capital to do that because they benefit from it. They don't have to send people to die. They're, the capital's the highest you can get. I mean... And it's fun for them to watch because they're like, they don't, oh, they're doing it for us. Yeah. Look at them. They're and doing they don't, They're not the want. ones giving their kids. No. They're not the ones having to give their kids no. to the Hunger Games. No. And uh, just to go back to your troops thing... I know a lot of troops that, I mean, I don't know a lot of troops, but I know that a lot of people that have served, um, a lot of them have said like they're, they feel uncomfortable when somebody thanks them for their service because they know what they've seen and done. And they're just like, why? Like they're uncomfortable with people thanking them because they're just I've like, heard that hey. too. Yeah. Which it, it's probably, yeah. Not I, personally, I but you know. But then you get others that are that are proud, and there's nothing wrong with serving your country. It's great. I'm glad no, we have no. them. I'm, I'm, we're right. not saying that, but some people take it too far and like, well, I was in the military, so blah blah blah, and then they it's they get this complex, humble. right? Yeah. But the humble ones, you know, they get it, and I, I think I'd like to think most of them are like that. So, uh, shall we move on? I kind of went on a tangent there, but it just made me think of that. Because we sometimes, we, you know, we worship we the wrong that, thing. We see that going on in our country sometimes, where we have all the, we have celebrations to celebrate our country and what we stand for, but what how we've behaved as a country in recent years doesn't reflect our values. No. So we're it's kind of like a false celebration then, in a sense. 
Yeah, and you and get what I'm saying. I do. And another thing, you were talking about Colin Kaepernick. And this is the last thing we'll say about that. Yeah, he originally, when he started his protest, he was sitting on the bench, and a former, or no, I don't remember what branch of the military this guy mm. was in, but a a, a military person like in mm-hmm. the military in the armed forces actually told him hey what you're doing is kind of it's that's more disrespectful what you should do a military person told him a better way yeah. to do this is to go and be with your teammates and take a knee yep i remember and that, that is sending a better message and so that's what he did so a military if a military and... person told him that that's got to tell you that Maybe it's not disrespectful to them because they get it. Some of them get and they, it. And they still screwed him over. Yeah, but hey, he'll, I don't know. I hope he gets a career again. But and it wasn't, it wasn't about uh, protesting the flag or our troops or disrespecting the country. It was about protesting police brutality in the black community. That's right. what Kaepernick was doing it for. People it got don't twisted see that, around. Though. It got, yeah. And here's the other thing. This is the last thing we'll say, maybe, and then we'll move on. Yeah. Sorry. Um, peep, what was I just going to... People... Peter? No, no. no. Uh, the flag. It's not about the flag. Taking a knee. Doesn't have a career. Uh, dang it. Nike. He. Oh, just yeah. No, 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 no. No. People, I hate when people, like when celebrities use their platform, they realize they were given a platform to take a stand on something. And people just assume because they're rich that they can't do that. Like, oh, what do you care? You're rich. Go back to being. Oh, yeah, the you stick to sports. Yeah, it's like, well, what? They, you're, oh, they shouldn't be using their platform. Yeah, they should. You see that in gaming too. Yeah, like, like that's keep a politics perfect, out of games. That's the perfect platform to use it for, and people are trying to silence them. Yeah, this rich athlete doesn't even know struggles. Um, first of all, we don't know what he how he grew up, so he might know struggles, and that's not the point. He realizes he has a platform that he can stand up for the people that can't, be a voice mm-hmm. for the people that don't have one. That's the point. It doesn't matter how much money you make. But Act Three. <laughs> Do you want to get in Act Three now? <laughs> yeah, this has been yeah. uh, this has been a politically field, but this movie is political. There's a bunch of supplies and weapons laid out at the center. Like I said, bloodbath commences. Cato is a ruthless motherfucker. And Katniss runs into the woods. Because he kills like a five-year-old. Just right there. Kills a redheaded five-year-old. Yeah. And every time somebody dies, a cannon goes off for the dead tribute. And their face just gets pic- shown in the sky. Okay, and it's that okay this isn't song. funny, but just picture <laughs> Mr. Filch 
launching the cannon too early <laughs> from the goblet of fire. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that is funny. That's funny. I like that. But but yeah. uh, this is the original Fortnite, as we've mentioned. And Katniss plays like me. You don't want to go to Tilted Towers. No. <laughs> you know that's where the careers go. If you're good, you go to the Tilted Towers. But that's if where you're Ninja like, goes, okay. Yeah. But if you're like Katniss... You go to Retail Row and you bide some time. There's plenty of stuff there. You can go get some stuff there and just wait it out and hide and stock up in the shadows and maybe get a couple people when you have to. Also, I think the map has changed since I played it last, which was like a year and a half ago. I don't even know if Tilted Towers and Retail Row are still a thing. They were when I last played. Probably. But anyway, I digress. Caesar is commentating the games with his... This guy's in a lot of movies... As a side a Toby character. Toby Jones, right? Yeah. He's in a, he's Captain America. Zola. He's Zola. Yeah. Captain America, yeah. So he, I feel like he's always just a side guy. So it, he just kind of agrees. He's the Pat Summerall to Caesar's John Madden. Just everything <laughs> Caesar says is just... That's right, Caesar. Oh, good job, Caesar. And every, he, he he gets okay. his moment once when he's to the twenty. Caesar's the play-by-play. The twenty-five. There's and then John Madden comes in and just says yeah. everything else. <laughs> Toby Jones is the color commentary. Caesar's the play-by-play. Yeah, he's well. He won't be able to see very well, Caesar. No. He just adds little <laughs> nonsense. Oh, things. he uh, he uh, he he gets killed uh he's gonna lose the hunger games yeah well thank you nostradamus of the end zone <laughs> yeah no. frank kelly i know well you see toby if if the if and i can't do the voice if the if the if the tributes want to try to win they you see right here and i'll circle that right here you see that's the cornucopia you get districts one through 12 here see district 12s they're gonna run a bootleg right out of the arena and then district one two three four five see they're gonna go right up the middle there got a belly option on three they're gonna get to the end zone to get all of the the supplies and start killing all the weaker ones and just mow them over whereas you see District 11 is also going to be kind of on the back end. They're running a naked bootleg out to the woods. Flip, flap, flittle dap, touchdown in the end zone, District 1. And that's going to, that's going to, that, that, that's going to, that's going to, that's, 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 that's going to be a touchdown. Did he actually talk like that? He went off on tangents, yes. No. <laughs> All right, John. Uh, he was the, back to he the game. The oh, the race is almost over. No. Yeah. He's still alive, but he's retired. But he was, he said dumb stuff, but he was the best announcer of all time when he was doing it. So mm. uh, maybe Al Michaels. No, maybe Boom. Uh, Chris, Chris Berman. What? What? You know. Yeah. I, I'm sorry, dude. I go off on sports, baby. Welcome to Spencer Sports Corner. So PETA is in with the cool kids and he's made alliances with the careers and he's like, she went that way, guys. Let's go get her. I can throw shit. And they're like, yeah, we know. We know you can throw stuff. When we need you to throw something, we'll tell you, okay? But right now, we don't need you to throw anything. We need you to tell us where Katniss is. Can you do that? Can you stop throwing shit for one minute, please, Peter? Damn it. This this group of kids, they're pretty sick. Oh, yeah. 
with how they're talking, like fun? how casual they are about just murdering people. Because that's all they know. That's all they know. And that's that's the thing. They were raised. Yeah. They were, they don't have it. Yeah. Oh yeah yeah. So this whole let me just back up. This whole thing, this this wood setting is controlled yeah. by Seneca Crane and his crew. He's the game maker. Mm-hmm. And they're doing the behind the scenes. They're making the obstacles and shrinking the map. And if somebody gets too close to the edge, they'll throw fireballs and get them back. And they make it interesting and control the game map. Right. Just like Fortnite. So Katniss gets chased up a tree by the Alliance of Careers and PETA. So <laughs> And PETA. Yeah. The Careers! <laughs> And then Peta. So she <laughs> she gets hurt from the fire. She tends to her wound. She's a sitting duck in the tree. Why don't they just get a better angle and climb kill up another her? tree and shoot an arrow? Or dude, the chick is shooting her bow and arrow directly underneath her. Something tells me they didn't teach tactical no. awareness at their academy. Like, dude, if she takes three steps back, you have a better angle. She shoots her and she's dead. But they suck and they're arrogant. So like, let's wait for her down here. And Peter's like, yeah, yeah, that's excellent. It is a little dumb, isn't it? And then Katniss I mean, looks down and goes, your arrogance blinds you. So she tends to her wound. Master Peter. <laughs> Haymitch hooks her up with some healing ointment. Says apply it generously. She's like, thanks. You couldn't have sent me like a gun. but nah, I cool, never whatever. got this when I watched it, what he was doing. He was sending. It her just dawned on me. Yeah, but it shows him uh, watching her on the screen. She's got an injury, and he's like, uh, "Oh shoot, I gotta go win over some sponsors, so I can send. So they will send her some ointment or whatever." Oh yeah. So that's yeah. what he was doing. When I, you know, I didn't think about that before. I was just, "Oh, it's him chatting it up with the with the other districts, like fitting it." But it's him winning over sponsors yes. for them. Because I get that now. You get when you first meet him, he is just kind of there because he has to be. But he starts to see, okay, she could win this. I'm here for her. She represents mm. my district. I do care about this. Yes. And I'm a broken person. I won these. But, I mean, that's traumatic. That's why he drinks so much. Yeah. He drinks to forget. Some people drink to forget. I drink to forget and forget. She's just, uh, she's just up there. And this part, I'm sure it's written. And it's just, it's plot. It's for the plot. But d- she, they're, when they sleep, it, not one person is just like, yo, everybody's sleeping. I'm awake. You're dead. You're dead. You're dead. You're dead. You're yeah, all sleeping. Yeah. Take their shit. Kill them. Yeah. And it's funny. They're all talking and being chummy. Like, oh, did you see that? gonna kill me uh. it's like hey dipshit you're gonna be killed too at some point later on right either you're gonna be killed or you're gonna kill this person you're being chummy with so yeah and i get you have to form alliances because it's all selfish to get you yeah to a final place where you'll have a better advantage to win and then may the best man win help us get there so then the best people can win but Mm. not one of them is selfish enough to be like yo uh, this is a big group of people right here. They're my biggest threats. Dead, 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 dead. It's then, like a bunch of players in COD being AFK in one room. I don't under... Yeah. Away okay. from keyboard. Like, they're just standing there. 
Right. They're doing that. It's like, hold on, I got to go to the bathroom. And they're just standing there, and you're like, boom, boom. Hey, there's a kill for me. Like, kill them. I sure as hell would be like, yeah, let's go to bed. I'm not sleeping. They sleep. (laughs) Before I kill them, I move all their weapons out of reach. Kill them. Kill them. You're good. They have a lot of trust in each other for being pitted against. I know. I never understood that either. Because how? there's no way I would sleep if I was with a group of people. Oh, you'd be like. There's no way. Well, that chick with the fire wasn't sleeping either, and she ended up getting axed. Like, you stand watch. Okay, I'll watch you guys till you fall asleep, and then you're dead. Yeah. But Rue is also up in a tree, and Katniss and sees her. Yeah, she shows her the tracker jacker. And these no. we're very familiar with, because these are like the murder hornets. <laughs> so again, Except this way movie's smaller. really relevant. Way smaller, though. Yeah, say what you were going to say about the commentators. Oh, no, that he would, it was just them doing their little commentary bit like now these are tracker jackers genetically modified yeah whatever it's like and golf. That's it. like oh yes they uh oh yeah Katniss <laughs> is is lining up for par here oh there's some no. tracker jackers on the field let's no. see how this plays out it looks like yep it you know that's exactly what i thought toby it appears as though katniss is going to cut down the tracker jacker nest to uh, weed out the other tributes. Now, this is a very interesting strategy, a very dangerous strategy, because she's also going to get stung and have hallucinations. But let's see how it works out. And she does, and there it goes. It falls. Wow, what a move. What a shot. What a shot by Katniss Everdeen, everybody. We're moving on to the ninth screen. Thank you. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, the lap. But, okay, that chick who gets stung to death, that's gross. That's gross, dude. I, I... I almost feel bad for her, but mm. I don't. Hunger Games had murder hornets before they were cool. Conveniently enough, the dead girl had the bow and arrow. And this is when in Call of Duty or any game, when you kill somebody, you get their shit. And she just picks it up and it's like Link and it's like. <laughs> and she has you to, got the bow. <laughs> and she's like, oh, it's over now because I'm good at this. Remember the pig? Ha. Yeah. So she upgrades in the game. She upgrades, she upgrades her plot armor, and she starts hallucinating and, uh, from the murder hornets, and she's seeing people that aren't there. And I think, doesn't she see Prim? Yes, but this is also where we find out what happened to her dad. Oh, yeah. Because she has that hallucination of the house exploding after her dad, uh, the mine, is, 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 it's implied that the mine exploded. And then their house explodes, and I took that as like, oh, that's an interesting visual metaphor. Her dad died, so therefore their family is destroyed. Their, you know, yeah, their house is destroyed via their family's destroyed because their dad's gone. So who's going to f- support the family? Cat. They're more than capable. Yeah, she's capable of doing it. Yeah. But. Um. So Rue and Katniss they bond, and this is it's such an interesting because you know I thought it was only- Peta who put the leaves over her. No. So it's such an interesting... Like, imagine these two. Katniss doesn't want to kill anybody unless she has to. It's self-defense. But she knows only there can only be one winner. But this little girl, like, I don't... If she could have protected her to the end, she would have done the same, like, let's both eat the berries. Or I'll... She probably would have just killed herself so Rue would win if it came to that. But mm. it just shows Katniss's character. Like, she's not going to kill, even though that's why she's there. Right. So... 
They bond. Rue is the weakest because she's the youngest. And they they form a friendship and they're like, hey. They come up with a strategy a to drive strategy. everybody away from the supplies. Yes, and this is when we get the famous. That's not. Oh, Rue the does it. Call. Yeah, the but Katniss call. does the. Yeah, and then the birds are like. That 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 I awesome sound design. Oh, it is. I can't with the whistle. birds. Like, yes. I don't know if they actually recorded whistles, or or not, and then mixed it in to sound like birds. But they did an amazing job with that. Very yeah. impressive. It's me. so sweet. It's so cool. Uh, Mockingjays. That's great. Back home, we use them to signal all the time. So they hatch a plan. Katniss blows up all the mines and the supplies are gone. The kid that was supposed to be uh, standing guard, he fails. And dude, uh, what's his name? Kato. Kato just breaks his neck. And you're like, damn, this is real. He's ruthless. He. You had, you had one job. <laughs> okay, wait, wait, wait. But I... <laughs> dead. How could he not hear that redhead chick? Because grabbing that stuff. Because he's. Was well, he listening to his earbuds? Yeah. What's up? I was listening to a podcast. What's up? He no. <laughs> this is what he was. He was one of the guards in Metal Gear Solid. Dude, what was that? What was that? And then gets up and walks away and allows the player to run in and take what they need without getting caught. He's like literally any guard in a video game where you're point blank, you're in front of them, but if you just duck <laughs> you're out of their eye line and they can't see you because they don't look down and they don't have peripheral vision it's like oh what was that must have been a squirrel <laughs> okay yeah, we're looking for this particular individual uh nothing yeah. to see here move along move along so rue gets caught in that katniss gets her first kill because this guy comes and it's just out of instinct she just shoots him and it takes a little bit of a toll on her but he shoots Does first it? and uh-oh, the saddest part of the movie, it, it gets is. Rue. It gets I think Rue. this affected me when I went and saw it at the theater. Well, I'm sure it is did. It, the music's so, so good yes. in this part. And and she dies in Katniss's arms, and she asks Katniss to sing for her. So Katniss sings, and Christian, I think it's only fair. I didn't know where I was going to go with the character spotlight tonight. But I think it's only right that our character spotlight tonight is Rue. Hmm. Let me tell you why. I didn't have anything written down, but let me just tell you why. Rue is, she, there's no way for her to win. Not really. And I think she knows. So she just tries to hide. She bonds with Katniss to try to help how she can. And 
she dies because of it, but she doesn't die in vain. This fuels Katniss's fire to want to go and just, and, and she wants to kill now because it's kill or be killed. And this, this, this little girl who, who had to lose her life for that to happen, it sucks, but it's what fueled the flame to cause cat. And I'm not crying. It's my cat, dude, I'm dying. So, so Rue, I, I didn't really have anything planned, but just know that your death was not in vain and you are the real MVP of the 74th Hunger Games and may District 11 forever remember you, Rue. Mm. But they, they get this, this the, Katniss gives her a little memorial and she does the three-finger salute. burial, yeah. Oh, yeah. She does the three-finger Very... salute to the camera. Like the physical camera yes. in the arena in the movie. Not to the camera we're watching, but to the camera. District 11, and this is super relevant today. Because District 11, because Rue died, they are pushed to the point of a riot with all those police officers and the stuff. Like, this is so relevant. It's so... Like, it's mm -hmm. such a... Like, it, it's crazy that yep. we're... The, the timing of when we're talking about this movie. Because that's what happens when you push... A community too far, and they happen to be a, a a black community, so it's very relevant to what's happening. If you push and oppress people for too long, and you don't hear their voice, this is what happens. So they riot, and it just gets out of control. Interesting thing about that, I I saw a post on Facebook, and it was talking about how this is a different perspective. How when a child when they throw a tantrum or yeah or something it's trauma it's because yep. of trauma and what this country has gone through and what the black community has gone through has yeah. is trauma just like these districts and the, and rioters not the instigators not the people coming in and instigating but the people who are expressing their anger by destruction of property it's because they've experienced trauma is yes. what this post was saying. And it could have been avoided if somebody had just listened, taken yes. some action. It's like, well, why don't they try peaceful pro? Because they've tried that. They've been they have trying tried that. It. And you know what? It hasn't Colin worked. Colin Kaepernick tried you, it. You don't listen because you missed the point. It's never the right time or place. There's a time and place. Okay, well, then they try that. Okay, peaceful yeah, protest. There's a time and place and to protest still not, not being able to get your hair cut. Right. I. I it don't we're moving on. And the, the, just the final thing about that is that these people in the districts have been undergoing trauma for seventy four years now. Yes. So that's all been bottled up and pent up in the district as well, and you're seeing that explode in rioting. It's an expression. Yep. So the president, President Snow, and Seneca Crane, they chat again, and then in the garden. Yep, in the <laughs> garden, and President Snow is like, "Hey." Can you do your job or something? I don't know. But just do something. Like he he's essentially like he's getting he feels threatened like hey these lower districts if you piss them off enough they could overthrow us. Do something. So then I'm sorry. This, I my, I cannot breathe out my nose. Uh they make an announcement that there's been a change in rules. There can be two victors as long as they're from the same district. And here's my thinking. I forgot <laughs> you just made. <laughs> I, I forgot you can see me. So my thinking 
I forgot that that rule happened in this. That was my thought. I'm like, well, why don't they just... That would make more sense. And then yeah. it does. It's like, oh, okay, got it. But they change it at the end. So Katniss is like, okay, I gotta find Peta. So she does. And there's no way... This part bugs me, but it's also cool. He He's face-painted. He's face-painted. Yeah. There's no yeah. way... Did a sponsor give him paint? And you don't have a mirror. How do you paint your face like that? Unless he had an alliance do it. No, 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 no. No. Unless he smuggled it. But he still painted his face perfectly. Without a mirror. I know. Without a mirror. He looks like the thing. Yeah, but (laughs) it's, it's a cool visual. He grabs her. He's hurt. It becomes this becomes a Fortnite game of duos at this point. So very Fortnite esque. So back at home, Gail is getting a little jealous of old Peta and uh, what's her face Kat- Katniss. That's her name. That's it, just a quick little thing. Uh, another yeah, loot- he's barely in it. Yeah, there's another loot box drop from Hamish, and this time it's for <laughs> he's real big on ointments. He's like, hey, I'm not gonna send you food or water or anything, but. Rub this on you and you'll be healed. So she rubs it on him and he's good. They kiss and they do this for the audience well, no, back at the capital. It wasn't a care package, was it? It was a little... No, it was he, the she had to go back. Oh, yeah, but he said... No, 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 no. Hamage sends food. He sends soup. Oh, yeah, soup. the soup. The soup. Yeah, he sends soup. There's an announcement about supplies at the cornucopia that mm. there is something that each district needs. So Katniss is like, I'm going to go. And Peter's like, please don't. And she's like, I'm going to. I'm. Bye. So she leaves. She goes for it, but she gets <laughs> she attacked. She waits till he's asleep. <laughs> oh, yeah. But, oh, yeah. Doesn't She's like, okay, fine. I won't go. Okay, he's asleep. I got to go. And she gets attacked by the chick from District 2, who is played oh, by yeah. an actress that I've seen Crazy. before. I think she plays in that movie Orphan. Oh, yeah. Is she's it? like yeah. She's like a fifty-year-old, but she has a syndrome where she she's looks good like at she's playing tall. a psycho. Oh wow. Yeah, she's really good in limited uh, uh, lines in this movie, but she's good. And she's about to kill her, but then District Eleven guy comes and kills the girl from District Two, and he goes to Katniss, just this time twelve for Rue, and he leaves her. He he lets her live, mm. which is a very cool moment because he acknowledges that. Listen, I saw you. I saw what you were doing for Rue. I saw that we're cool this one time, but if it comes down to it, if I got to come back. You, Wait a minute. How did he see it? They don't, they're not watching the broadcast. How did he he's know? He's probably just been watching That's from uh, afar. I actually, now that you say that, I don't know. A little bit of a plot hole, but uh, he just knows. He just knows. Uh, the redhead dies of the poison berry overdose. Uh, she's a chick who thought she was going to eat these berries, but she dies. Attack of the killer. This is when it gets a little weird. The thing about that, she was supposed to be the smart one. Yeah. Because she's she like the one moving all the pictures and knowing all the information about the bugs and stuff. At Maybe the it was training. on purpose. She's just like, you know what? I'm done. I'm going to eat <gasps> these. I'm done. So this is when the game makers are like, hey. It's getting a little too chummy down there. Send in the killer genetically enhanced rage dogs. Yeah, how? Because it's Where a do movie. these dogs come from? The ground, the game makers. I don't like that. Like, oh, all of a sudden, oh, show me. Oh, they're holograms. Send those in. They're like it's probably... a simple. It's as simple as a button press, apparently. You push the button and boop, there's dogs. How are these dogs? Is it like Mysterio? 
maybe, but can't it? It's because it it's probably in the book. That's not a good answer. Well, <laughs> Kato is waiting for him at the top of the cornucopia. This is the big fight scene, the big climax. The pressure gets to Kato, and he starts breaking down. He's emotional, and he has Peter in a headlock. He's like, I care. And then Peter does this really covert thing that I missed the first time. It had to be pointed out to me. His He taps Kato's hand. To signal to Katniss, like oh, uh, I didn't yeah. see that either. He taps the hand, so then Katniss oh. is like, oh, shoots the hand. He's like, ah, he falls off the cornucopia and gets eaten by the demon dogs. And now, but not fully. He asks for mercy from Katniss, and you know him breaking down like that. It shows his insecurity, like he's big macho. Cato's a big macho. His group was. Well, it's probably but not I think deep it was down be. inside, it's almost like they projected the, the this stuff. They were projecting their strength, and then at this moment, he's like, "I never really had a chance, and that's all I know how to do." Right? It's the booby miles. They were trained moment. that ways. Yeah. When it, you know, like this is all I know. It's Why am I like doing he, this? Like it's yeah. starting to get to him. The pressure's getting to him. Yeah. And he realizes he's killing to stay alive for what? So. So it's, it's not his. It's not his fault. He's the way he is. It's society's. Exactly. So we get Peanut and Katniss, and you're like, yeah, they won. But another twist: they revoke the two victor rule. Yeah, right. An, the last minute in an all time chump move. So then they decide, okay, then uh, we'll just both eat the berries, and then nobody wins, and the capital loses a little bit of power. But then, as they're about to do it, Seneca breaks, and he's like, stop, stop. You both win. Like, you both win. That's a double victory. You both win. I can't... Because he... Yeah. He, deep down, is a good guy. So he's like, I can't... I can't do this. You guys both win. He loves an underdog story. We all do. Hamish warns when they get back that uh, this move, it shows up the Capitol, and they don't like that. Not one bit. So you undermine them. Yes, and he's like, guys, it's that's not good. I get it, but that's not. There's some serious ramifications coming after this, and it's like just when you think, oh, maybe there's some good. No, this movie does not end on Mm. a happy note. Even though that she lives and Peter lives, President Snow is pissed. He hates an underdog story. You know who doesn't live? Who Seneca? Yep, because he gets. He gets a Taken big old bowl of, of whatever those berries are, Death berries. which I th- that it's it's not subtle, but at the same time it is. The reveal is cool because they're taking him yeah. to the room and they just lock it and stand guard, and then you don't see what's in the bowl, but then the camera slowly reveals and he's just like, ah, well, it doesn't show it, but he who knows what he did. He eats a and... Has to, he's what dead. was that? He, it's a he, he eats a, dude, <laughs> I've been struggling this whole time, and now it's finally getting a little better. I'm going to sound like garbage. Uh, but President Snow's pissed. Katniss and Peeta get a hero's welcome, but they're not really feeling all that heroic. This is like those troops that are like, you know, don't like don't think right. It's not right. you what don't you know think. what we've gone through. Like it's not like, what you think. I'm not proud of what I what we did. Like mm-hmm. you don't realize what we may have done to you guys. 
Uh, but they're back at D12. And then we get President Snowball pissed in the game room. And he's like, it's it's on. It's on. And I'm President gonna... Snowball? Yeah, President Snowflake. <laughs> am I right? <laughs> so he walks up the steps. And dude, the end credits scene. Like the music is fire, dude. I love that song. I did. It was interesting. I did listen to some of the credits. Yeah. So that's the end of the movie. What about that end credit scene, though, when uh, Samuel comes out and is like, <laughs> "We're putting together a team." I'd like to talk to you about the Mocking Jay Initiative. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> There's obviously a lot of real world stuff like we talked about. We won't go into mm-hmm. it. We've already or else we'd be saying the same stuff. But mm. just the the tone, the theme of this movie I love cuz it's like one the little guy can make a difference. This is it's yeah. like their protest. It's like their protest and it works and it sparks the capital is backtracking now. So they're on the ropes and they're like they're they're the, the thing that they've feared for 74 years is a rebellion another rebellion and this kind of maybe and it's their own undoing exactly it's their own event yeah i'll just give you my final thoughts um i love this film there is it's very hard to make fun of because i thought it was really well done it's a really good start to what's to come it sets up it 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 leaves you with a cliffhanger it's not a, a happy ending but it's a great ending because it shows it sets up hey yeah, they lived, but there's going to be some hell to come. And President Snow has the gears ticking. How does he come back from this? So it sends a message that you can rise above your circumstances and be a symbol of hope. It's a good analogy of the world right now. And the poor are, it's they're just, they're less cared for. Because if you're at the top, why do you care about them? They're going to do, kill for your entertainment. You have it good. But it's, it's, you know, the rich get richer, the poor get poorer because they only care about the material things and eating and looking good and having all the fancy stuff. And it only takes one person brave enough to take a stand and change the tide of the story, which I'm hoping is what's happening in our world today, except we have more than just one person standing up. It's great. Um, I love this the cinematography in this movie. I love, even though at mm-hmm. some points, the the shaky cam is a little too much and overused, but I still love it. It sets the feel. I love the look of everything. It's beautifully shot. 
I the the film it it's intense. It's never really a happy film, but it inspires no. hope. And and the cinematography I think adds to that. It it adds to the chaos. It just adds the camera angles and shakiness just adds to the unsettledness. So Yeah. Yeah. You know I love it. I I can appreciate of this movie. I can appreciate the the production value. Like it's not super high budget Hollywood blockbuster production value and it has it has like a unique identity because of that. I give compared to the sequels with bigger budgets, more flashiness, more you know. Yes. Better better more resources. Yep. But I appreciate that of this movie. It's just like Twilight in that sense. The original Twilight. It has that uniqueness and it's how it was produced. Where yeah. where it had a modest, slightly modest budget for how big it got. Yes. And it started off it started off like it almost like an indie movie in a way. Yeah, a little despite bit. Despite all the money it made. But with the use of like the blue tint over the, the, the color use in the movie, everything's dark, d- dismal and dingy and cold. Yes. They use it color has, really That's like Twilight. Yeah. Yeah. Only better. Much better. Yeah. A much better use of its resources. Yeah. But, but I, we're going to cover Twilight at some point, And yeah. dude, I can't wait. Oh, man. I uh. can't either. Oh, that's another one we got to do. But interesting idea is that these people in the Capitol, they, yeah. they have made this into a sick, uh, twisted Olympic celebration as we've yeah. said, like we're going to gather tributes and, and you know, you're going to murder each other and it'll be a thing that we celebrate, but you guys uh, loathe every year. Not all of them. And it'll be, it'll not, well, not all of them. It'll be about you sacri- making sacrifices for the, for your districts and then they'll be heroes and whatnot. Yeah. They glorify it. So then they keep doing they glorify it. That's it how from they afar. brainwash them. Like, yeah. Hey, you guys are helping the capital and Pan Am. You're you're helping by doing this. It's a good yeah. thing. No, the, the people of the capital, like Effie and all their, they're privileged. Like yeah. you said, yes. they're wealthy. They're privileged. They're unaware of the suffering that goes on in the districts, or they just are apathetic to it. And these celebrations, uh, it's almost like. They're watching the suffering going on in the world around them, kind of like we do on the news or oh, in yeah. videos, especially now. And it's like we're the capital. Like the capital is an allegory for our society. Yeah. And they're, they were doing and, live stream before it was cool. Yeah. <laughs> their makeup, their makeup, it's all kind of gaudy and grotesque and all the luxuries they have. It's like a disguise for a sick and twisted society. Yes. Yes, that it is. They haven't. That they've just decadence is the word. Yep. Yep. Now, I love this perfectly sets up the next one. And just going into the next one a little bit, before seeing it, I my niece told me it was really good, but you're gonna hate the ending. So in my head going into catching fire, I'm like, oh great. Hamish is going to die because he's my favorite character. That's yeah. why I would hate it because he's going to die. Little did they know, I loved the ending because I I get it. 
they didn't like it because it's just it's not satisfactory. It's an open ended yeah. thing. But I loved it, so I went in with the expectation of oh, my favorite character is going to die. Nope. Oh my gosh, that's an amazing ending, and I won't talk about it. But I'm I'm really I haven't seen oh, Catching was, Fire in a it while. It was satisfying. I know that. Yes, I have not. That was I a felt, pleasant twist. Other than the you're Dumbledore's brother, right, dude? Catching Fire when I saw it, and this was me just getting into Hunger Games and watching the first one prior to going and seeing it. And as a movie itself, like, I loved it. I loved it. Like, Catching Fire is maybe in my top 10 or 20 all-time films. Like, I felt so amped and hyped at the end of it. Just like, oh, like, I think I got chill. Like, I I had that smile on my face. Like, that, just that feeling like, yeah. Like, mm-hmm. it's on. And I was amped. Yeah. For the second one, you mean? Yeah, no, after the second one. Like the end, okay. everything about the second one Ugh. was just so empowering. And I was interestingly amped up. enough, I didn't see the next ones. You didn't see Catching I have, Fire? I saw Catching Fire. I didn't see Mockingjay Part 1 and 2. Oh, well, we'll talk about them, obviously, but Catching Fire was the peak of this franchise. Mm-hmm. But we'll we'll get to that in the in the next episode any closing any other closing thoughts well well <laughs> may the odds well, be ever in uh, in your favor uh, quick shout outs real quick we got to give thanks to Joel yep, again voice. Thank for you doing our much. intros voice of Joel visit him on Facebook yeah. and stay tuned cuz we're going to be guests on going off topic oh yeah so watch for them Yes, the next episode coming out, probably from them, we're going to be the guests on it. So we won't tell you what it's about, but tune in, go check out their page, give them some likes and subscribes, hit that bell. Ding, 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 ding. (laughs) What do we have for Johnny? But yes, and with that, we come to the end of this episode of Sequel Men, the podcast, our Hunger Games edition. We're glad you could join us. I know things got a little political, but it is important to talk about this stuff and use the platform that we have for this. Yep. So thank you for tuning in and for our next episode that we are going to be covering catching fire. Um, you can hear that and this one on, uh, let's see, Apple podcasts, Google play, um, Spotify, YouTube also, because apparently uh, Podbean um, adds these to YouTube automatically and leading into Podbean, Podbean. Check out Podbean. Check us out there as well. Yeah, and if you want to get a little bit more intimate with us, (laughs) you can always... Pornhub too. (laughs) (laughs) Look for our ads on Pornhub. Pornhub, PornTube, RedTube. Sponsored by Pornhub. YouPorn, Brazzers. Okay, I'm sorry. (laughs) Did I just show my hand? (laughs) Really? (laughs) No, okay. Um... You can email the show directly, and I'll read the email if you have something nice to say, at sequelmen19 at gmail.com, or you can find us on Instagram at sequelmenthepodcast, and I've been uh, posting a little bit more on there lately, the last couple. Or you can follow us on Twitter, at sequelmen19. I think Christian posts there, or maybe nobody does, but we will. The big one where we post everything and we're real, we keep up to date on is the Facebook. And you can just find us at Sequel Men the Podcast on there. Write a five star review on Apple Podcasts. Re- write a review. 
and I'll read it. I'll read a five-star review in here. Or a four-star, or a three-star, maybe, even. I'll, I'll read you. And I'll read your email if it's good. So, give us the five stars. We haven't had any in a while, so can you please? Just please, just give us a five star, even if you... Just, just please? I'm begging you. Don't make us plead. Yeah, don't, because we'll do it. And then you'll get real sick of us. So, follow us on all those. Five star, tell your friends, tell your people, tell other people, tell the people's people, tell your family. And, um... We'll we'll reach out. We'll you'll you'll we'll make you we'll make you famous. So thank you. Very we'll much. make you infamous. No, we'll yeah, make you yeah. famous. But, uh, here's uh, a cool thing that I just thought of. If you have like a business or something, or if you know people that like have a business and you want us to shout them out or something, do some free ad. I'll do that. I just thought of that. I'll do that. That's my that's my plea. And I'll read your. We're stuff. catching just on to this podcasting star. thing. Yeah. <laughs> Give us sponsorships, like the Hunger Games. Where I'm so, going to make you so desirable. <laughs> Thank you, Christian. Why the hell would you do that? No. All right, well, play us out. Spencer, I know you can't wait for the next one. I can't, Christian. That's right, because here at Sequel Men, the podcast, all films are created sequel. Thank you. Take care. Bye-bye then. <laughs>